trouble. Funny you should say that because I was going to start the, the show with the an intro like I'm selling sports talks down the bar is three for a pound. This is Raptors in the Kitchen, but done with a Glasgow accent. It's no a, a uni, a Glasgow uni accent because Carfin's got wee crap sensitive ears. <laughs> <laughs> right, fill me in on that. What? What? Daddy, you want to take this one? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, mate. David, otherwise known as Carfin, because he's from Carfin, I was asking what I was up to today and I was saying I was coming to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, what do, you, what do you mean podcast? It'll hit me up. And I gave him a link to it. And then he, he, not, he didn't know that about you. He's used to run Carfin for a few I years know, now. We could do this for like 12 years. This is another thing that I think quite funny about what he said. But go on, Danny. Uh, I just said... <clears throat> Those fucking accents, man, or something like that. Use Glasgow Glasgow uni uni, those Glasgow uni accents. And then he posted the Lemmy gif. You know the one where he says that fucking accent and he goes, Do you know the one I'm talking about? Aye. Aye. Oh, you do, because you saw it today. But aye. And then he says, Geese a mention when you, when you go on, Geese a mention. Then he also says that I swear too That's much right. and it sounds like nervous swearing. It's mm. like nervous doing this for like over a fucking decade. Mm. I just swear a lot. Like you're, I swear all the like time. sitting in your living room with naked clothes on right now. So. Aye. Like bollock naked. <laughs> You just touched my feet with yours. Oh, tootsies, <laughs> But also what's really funny is this getting criticised by Carfin for the fucking way we talk when nine times out of ten when you talk to somebody outside of the UK on the PlayStation Network, they're like, I can't understand what Carfin's saying. <laughs> so, fuck you, Carf. Okay. Uh, and also, this is Raptors in the Kitchen. It's a... Uh, what day is this? The 26th? 24th. 24th uh, July. Like, this is the first show we've done in... Six months? Yeah. Yeah. (coughs) So we're going to systematically go through absolutely every single piece of uh, media that's been out since then. I've seen two two films in that time. (laughs) Which ones? (laughs) Oppenheimer and the Asteroid City. What the fuck's Asteroid City? It's Wes Anderson's new movie. Alright, right. And it's got everybody in it. Everybody. Okay. I've not seen it yet though. I'm I'm still kind of going if I want to see it. I'm happy to wait for Disney Plus. Yeah. That one, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a good shout. How I was with um, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, same, so it's the first Marvel movie I've not watched in the cinema. Mm. It's uh, Guardians 3 was decent, it's another good Guardians film. Yeah, I think I feel and I think I may be an outlier on this that I'm glad to see the end of this, yeah, of yeah, that, yeah. certainly that team of Guardians, yeah, because I, I think the third film kind of. It covers a lot of ground that's already been covered. Uh, I get told from a, well, I, I consider him a reliable source. It's fine, except there's no really a story. Who's that? Lee. No, there, there is a story. It's just, it's quite light. Mm. It's got a really good villain, though. Like, uh, um, <clears throat> who's the villain in it again? Is it Warlock, dude? No, is it Will Coulter? Will Poulter. Will Poulter. Yeah. Will Poulter's Adam Warlock I actually really enjoyed. A lot of people were kind of upset about the way he was portrayed. Is he actually the main villain? No, he's not the main villain. Right. No, the main villain is... You know who Will Poulter is? Ah, he's the fucking oh. you guys get paid guy from a vacation? Was it is just it, called vacation? No, that was uh, We Are The Millers. We Are The Millers. He's the yeah. baker in the, the, bear. the stage episode of The Bear. He yeah, he was a what up eyebrows, what up dude with excellent pasture. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's got he has strange eyebrows. Yeah, he's also in a film called Son of Rambo. Yeah, that's the first time I see him when he was just a kid uh, in that. Was. 
Would you consider that good hair? The high evolutionary. <laughs> Cheers, guys, for following time while I looked up on that. He was actually really You're still fun. here? <laughs> <laughs> the high evolutionary is the villain. He's the villain, yeah. And that's played by... <laughs> I, I, I still have it kind of open. Um, uh, it's played by... Chuck Woody Iwuji, who was also... I'm sure you nailed it. <laughs> Sorry if I didn't. Uh, he was also in Peacemaker as well. He was very good in that as well. I still haven't seen that man, even it's though yeah, you everyone has said that the TV know. show is very good. <clears throat> so what you guys been up to for six months? <laughs> <laughs> like working and watching films and not doing podcasts about That's, them. You you pretty much haven't actually really done anything in the past six months. No, I've not. Like you've been on holiday. I, I went to Prague. And you're I, going to I'm going to Gdansk in four weeks and I'm yeah. going to Brussels in 11 weeks I'm pretty sure Danny's been on four holidays he's been to uh, Portugal no just that was last year that Italy you were in Italy no Portugal was Portugal was last summer really aye, aye. went were... to Barcelona aye you're in Italy right Italy aye aye and then the West Highland way but that doesn't really that's count that's not a holiday nah, that's not really a holiday that's an endurance test <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do you want to get into that? Just do it. <laughs> Why <do> no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you, yeah, I don't done fuck all. <laughs> I just like sit and watch TV and movies and yeah, and uh, go to work and yeah, that's it. I've not really been on any holidays. I've gone up north uh, on Thursday on Wednesday, but it's not exactly a holiday. And then I'm actually going back up north for a proper holiday uh, when you are away at Gdansk. Uh. Yeah. Is it a proper holiday when you're just going back to your hometown? I mean, no, kind of. I mean, it is that way. I live in, well, I used to live on the coast. There's a beach there. It's a nice kind of, it's a nice area. It's not It's not a big city and I get to see my family and my nieces and that. So it's kind of a holiday, but then it is also sometimes an endurance test. Mm. Endurance my patience. <laughs> Families, um, am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Watch the Bear episode six, season two. You'll know all about families, am I right? And you moved house? I did, I moved house. Yeah, moved uh, two doors down. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. You're still in the Mary Hill area, aren't you? literally about ten minutes up the road. Hmm. Five at a brisk pace. And you bought yourself uh, a, a nice chair. I did, I got a... Uh, recliner. Did you get a secret labs? <laughs> no. It's like a lazy uh, boy or something? I got a lazy boy. I bought a second hand lazy boy. Uh, Is it worth it? Yeah, it's really good. I would imagine like you just live on that when you're not working. <laughs> um, I kind of move between, but I do spend most of the time on the chair. Oh, I meant to ask you, right? And I know you've got like a trip coming up. How much was your Taylor Swift tickets? What one? There's four. There's four lots of Taylor Swift tickets. You're you going to see Taylor Swift four different times. I mean, so the latest next, one next year. I will be going to Taylor Swift four times. What twice, the twice in Edinburgh. Fuck. Twice in Edinburgh and twice in Amsterdam. All right. How? All right. So it was. Was the tickets the same price or the different? They were roughly the same price because remember that the Amsterdam tickets will have been in euros, so they would have been exchanged. I'll take a guess, eighty-six quid. Higher. Uh, when was the last time you bought <laughs> <good> tickets? Never. <laughs> I've never 50, bought a the, gig the, ticket. The cheapest Taylor Swift ticket, which I could see for Murrayfield, started at fifty-six pounds. Okay. Okay. How okay. much was the one that you bought where you get to lick her nipples? <laughs> okay, so the the first night in Edinburgh, <clears throat> we are in the third, sorry, we're in the fourth tier VIP package. 
I think you're going because, VIP package, right? right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I had I was taking what I could get, right? <clears throat> so those tickets were. Do you want the accurate figure? Go for it. Um, I bet it was. I mean, we're already yeah, I bet disappointed. It's silly, <laughs> it's fine. Right, <clears throat> talk amongst yourselves while I just okay. get this up. Um. So Dan, how about the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> What's the code for the big heat in NBA Jam? What is the code oh, for the big heat in NBA Jam? Is that NBA Jam '98? Wait, Michael Jordan wasn't in NBA Jam, was he? I don't know. I thought it was. I, I just remember it was the NBA Jam. <clears throat> no, not to watch it. Wasn't it? Like, he, it was, was Scotty Pippen and somebody else was in the. Like, do you do you remember any cheat codes or codes of any type for video games from uh, up down left right A start? Sonic the Hedgehog. What was the Konami code again? Is one of them. Is, is that up, up, down, down? For most of their games, I Is it up, up, down, or down, up, left, right, left, right, even sat at the same time? I think that's right. I don't know. All yeah. I know is you press all the buttons and pro evo to make yourself dance. Oh, I remember it. Including the two sixes. Okay. Uh, Destruction Derby 1, if you wrote, if you typed in damage. That's right. Yeah, you could, right. your car was There was one for Rogue Squadron, you typed in Farm Boy, and I think it gave you unlimited yeah. lives. Okay. Sorry, in you go, Neil. Okay, so we almost my, moved on from this. Nah, you'll disgusted at what I put The first night in Edinburgh, we were two hundred ninety nine. Daniel, I should have held that until we unbelievable. <laughs> Do you know that poor wee Carfin listens to this show? Did so, in case nobody heard that, there were two hundred ninety nine. What a waste of time. Jeez. So for the sat the Saturday in Edinburgh, uh, I'm in not as good seats, and they were ninety five. What do you get for the VIP thing? Is it just the location? No, you get was a was a bump snacks. Nah, it's all like does somebody blow in your tote, testicles? Tote bags and t-shirts bags. and pins and shit like that. Yeah, you love all that fucking boys. Like, yeah, I'll be all in. How long before you sell the glitter and shit? Uh, no, because there's one that I'll keep. <clears throat> one I'll give to my niece. And yeah, that'll be it. Because I'll, because, right, but we'll get to that. No, okay. Okay, right. so, where are we? Amsterdam. Do you have any lost interest? Let's move on. I <laughs> know, oh, because uh, my Amsterdam one is a bit more horrific. But at least that one, like, also doubles up as, like, a holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I want to tell you the the July 6th, which is a Saturday in Amsterdam, in which we are in the second tier of VIP. Uh, I can't tell you this. I'm not going to tell you the single, but for the two tickets. Say the number! In Euros, 948. Oh my God! That's fucking mental. When was the last time you bought anything for me? Nothing. (laughs) Never. Have I ever done that? Let's go wrong. When was the last time you bought something that cost 200? That is the holiday. That's just the ticket for the holiday. Have you ever spent 200 quid on a single thing? It might be the last time I was on holiday. Like maybe in Poland. Aye. Yeah. That's a holiday though. I mean, that is a holiday as well. I'm going to see Taylor Swift, but I mean, it's okay. part of the holiday. That's part not part yeah. doesn't include the flights. Yeah, because my hotel is up one thousand six hundred for five. Nights. <laughs> but I'm going for five nights. Oh my god, four star. Four star at five nights. Tommy, this is what Mate, that's enjoying the... life is. Yeah, okay. Sometimes yeah, you yeah, spend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you've got you've got better in recent years. Oh, yeah, just yeah. like buying stuff in general. Yeah, like I I don't know. Like, see, I remember at one point I would always have like 
notes and coins. I don't think I ever use actual cash anymore unless I needed uh, to pay for badminton or like buy raffle tickets and work and stuff like pay that. Pay for what? Badminton. You, you play badminton now? Uh, I was playing badminton, but then I kind of hurt my elbow and I'm wondering if that's maybe a wee bit of tennis. Oh, I was yeah, playing badminton yeah, for a couple yeah. of weeks. Mm-hmm. Get one of these and yeah, I was going to say, is that what is that for the old uh, work? Is that a work injury? Yeah, well, it's tennis elbow. Yeah, but, are, you, um, are you any good? No, no. I'll play against you. I'm shy as well. Okay, <laughs> I'll play, man. But like, listen, what happened was we were going. It was fine, but it was just like the lot. We used to play for an hour on a Wednesday and a Friday. And the Friday one was kind of annoying because like you have to share the hall, so it's just like a net, a netted curtain. And it was very much like, you know, one of those uh, classes where it's like, right, come on, guys, and push it, push it. And then the, and we're like, what's the score? Because we couldn't hear ourselves fucking ink. There was one point, like, the he went to surf, and the tune came on just as he went to whack it. And <laughs> fucking missed it. Like, Fuck's sake. Like, uh, yeah, but it was, uh, it was just a laugh that we did it. And then, like, last time I went, um, coming towards the end of it, I could feel something was sore and then I was trying to kind of actually make a fist and it was sore to do that. Ah, okay. Whereas now... How, like, long, how long ago was this? About a week and a half ago, something like that. Yeah, it's probably tennis elbow. Aye. But like, it's still fine now, but like, I was bowling the other day and I picked up the bowling balls I was like, oh, right. that's sore. So, I should really go to the physio. Ah, you're old, mate. And I'm old, yeah. Yeah, you get yourself a microphone from jail as well. Aye. And my mate, like who's older than me he had to stop because I had the same reason hmm. and then my other mate who used to play he went he had to go private and he get like jags in his elbow but now he can play no bother hmm. so yeah but that was it but badminton was fun yeah that's that's really the only new thing I did for a wee while was I played badminton occasionally <laughs> um, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah stuff anyway so February was the last one we did it what we watched since then you had the list. I'm the same as Danny though. Like I've not really watched that much, or at least I've not watched that much that is worth bringing up in the show because like right. a lot of it's fucking anime. All right, okay, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to go over your rewatch of Attack on Titan. God, it's so good though. <laughs> like, but now it's like got that extra layer of feeling guilty about just how bad that dude actually is. <laughs> Is that way, man? Can you imagine if the Game of Thrones it would completely fuck it up, and you've invested all your life in that? There's only like an hour and a half left to go, though. At this point, like I don't think they, I don't think they could. Imagine they did, man. You'd be devastated. It's one of those things, though, because the the manga's been around for fucking years. Like, a obviously, there's YouTube videos of like what happens at the end. So, like, if I wanted to, I could just spoil like the last hour and a half. And there's been times where like I'll sit and watch like a video. And then all of a sudden, like something pops up as something that hasn't happened yet. I'm like, oh no! Mm. Have to move away from. Oh, um, <clears throat> I think these are all there. Do you remember that night we were at Tino's and Pollock was what I watched that army film, uh, The Outpost. Aye. Yeah, and it looked a bit shite. An army film called. Sorry, army. army, army war army. film. Should I say it? War film uh, called The Outpost. And had, um, is that the one with Big Ray Stevenson and the zombie Nazis? No, no, no. That's that I don't just, think, that's no. just outpost. exactly yeah, that's what just outpost, I asked. Yeah. <laughs> right. The Outpost has got Scott Eastwood and Orlando Bloom in it. Oh, that'll be rubbish. Uh, so basically, I got into like like petty conversation. We're saying why to Steve-O, how come you haven't watched West Wing? You'd fucking love it. And he's like, well, how, how come you haven't watched The Outpost? It's amazing. He says, it looks shite. And he says, right, I'll watch it if you watch it. And I watched it. It was fine. It was just TV movie nonsense, but the third act was pretty good because it was all just shooting and shit. And uh, he's now into The West Wing. 
he says I turned it off after the first episode. It's like that's bollocks. I invested an hour and a half of my life. You won't do the same, and he's now into it. So mission accomplished. Surprise! But... Into that, I thought it got a bit too liberal for him. <laughs> wow! Oh well, I'm gonna quote that back to him <laughs> and see what he says. <laughs> Don't worry, he'll probably just blame me for turning Neil's mind against him, like he does with everything else when right. he comes out with horrendous shit. Yeah, but that was it was the, it's on. It, I think it was on Amazon or something. Like that. Uh, is it on like TV or something? Ah, like it was. Yeah. But oh I, no, he's watched it on Man Out TV. That's what it is. All right. Okay. But yeah, it was whatever. Um, it was it wasn't as shite as I thought it'd be, but it was so bland. And then the third act is just a big siege, and there's just nothing but shooting for about an hour. That was good. Um, but yeah, that was the like the latest like kind of thing I watched in terms of Marvel. Quantum Mania is the last thing I watched. Didn't hate it. Is a lot of folk hate that I film. I thought quite, it was I fine. Enjoyed it. I thought like it was noticeably cheaper looking than a lot of yeah. the other ones though. Like, especially, like, I know they did it kind of as, like, a stylistic choice, but Modoc looked so fucking bad. Mm. I, I, he looked like Patrick fucking, I was going to say Patrick Stewart, that's not right, Patrick Moore from a Games Master. Games Master. Yeah. I quite liked that aspect, though. I think a lot of folk were annoyed because the Ant-Man films have always been kind of smaller in scale, and because this is kind of almost like an end game yeah. kind of scale, and folk got annoyed about that. Also, I, I quite enjoyed it, there was a bigger scale, but it was... I enjoyed it more because it didn't feel like a Marvel film. I thought it felt a bit more like a Star Wars film. No, I disagree. I think it feels a lot like what everything Marvel's kind of pumped out yeah. since Endgame has been. Yeah. I thought it was like a Marvel yeah, enjoyed, Mad Max I enjoyed, movie. I enjoyed how it felt more kind of proper, like a sci-fi alien type thing, where there's just a lot of kind of weirdo wee freaks, uh, which were quite enjoyable. Yeah. No, I, I, was it like it was okay, partly but... written by like some of the Rick and Morty guys or something, right? Sure, I don't know actually. Look, I think yeah. I think some of them were involved. I'm not sure though. New series of that came out. <clears throat> Still excellent. Without him as the voice actor, without what's his face? I think so. Aye. Justin Royland's is that his name? Aye, but you, I, I've only seen the you last can kind of tell, but aye. not really. I've, I've only seen the last season, which is still. Really, they've made another season without. Well, there was new episodes. Yeah, you cast them because all the yeah. allegations and shit that came out. Yeah, I just, I just, I just I think I never can it. Do you watch that Solar Opposites? Yeah, I've seen two or three episodes. Because they've they've recast uh, Justin Roiland in that with Dan Stevens, and well, right. like, it's not out yet, but the adverts have been on it, and it actually works quite well. Like, they I get still watch them. because because it's about aliens. Mm. Uh, living on Earth, they've just given it a sci-fi reason where he's been like shot by a yeah. gun, which makes him have a different voice. But also, whenever they do flashbacks, it will be his voice, mm-hmm. and not just in Royland's. He, died, like the, he the, died on his on his back to his own planet. The Rick and Morty one. Him. It's like it it gets kind of close to what it used to sound like, but there's just something missing. Like it, it just doesn't feel quite quite right like I, I don't think there's as much kind of depth to the new guy's performance as a I, I, I can you could you could definitely <coughs> kind of hear it but I didn't it didn't bother me it oh. it. I can't remember I don't remember either also did they did they recast King the Conqueror yet or, or what are they doing because I know that Marvel basically had to yeah, stop what they're going to do I'm pretty much not saying anything about it I think see from just from, recast him from, yeah recast him although he's in uh, the new season of Loki, Loki. as well Oh. Um, which is supposed to be pretty soon right that's supposed to be pretty soon yeah I wonder if they'll because you remember that's what the yeah like, the... Uh, but all, all this shit happened before Quantumania came out though and he was, nah. they still released that right no it was after that I, I thought it was like was it not around about a month before it no nah, it was after it, it was because after it. see when because he's like the main villain in Creed 3 
and see after like the allegations came out see the trailers they pretty much cut everything with him in it it was all more like there's Adonis going through this journey it was like domestic abuse or something yeah yeah. when is the new future Futurama uh, today I didn't even know there was new Futurama that's the day on Disney Plus Nah, there was a hold up for a while, I think, because the guy who played Bender wasn't getting what he wanted or something. They were going to like, pay him peanuts. Right. John DiMaggio. Big Marcus Phoenix. In the event, he just said he wasn't going to do it. He caved. That's what, fair enough. See, nowadays, though, just like me and Pac were talking about, there's probably someone that could do just as good a Bender as John DiMaggio. But it wouldn't be the same. You, would, be, tell, you would tell the difference. You would know the difference. There'll be right. at least 100 libertarians who think they can. <laughs> wow um, I'm trying to think other Marvel I mean they've got the Marvel TV I, shows I, I've been Marvel. watching Secret Invasion I know you you didn't watch it watched one it episode. wasn't it, gets it, it got better it gets it, better when it embraces the total sci-fi yeah. 60s kind of pulpy feel it, it gets better it's still no great but I think it's it feels <clears throat> it feels like Agents of Shield, <laughs> and that's doing it a disservice. In, ter- in terms of it, feels How like did, it, you and, watched all of that. And, and, I didn't watch all of it. I refused to watch it when they went back in time after they killed off Coulson about eight times. Oh, that that was that was the bit where you're like, was, I've had enough. I think what I mean by that is it feels more like it could have been on network television. It has more. I mean, of it kind of is yeah. though, right? Yeah, like well, it's... it is. I suppose if I feel like a streaming service now, that is it. But it feels like it would be on. Like a Tuesday on like Fox. I, I think, yeah, I think, do you know what my problem is? I think a lot of folk are going through this right now, especially with Marvel and Star Wars, is just this kind of hangover of like, I'm just kind of sick of it a wee bit. And see, since Andor, I'm like, man, uh, I want more of that. And ever, like Secret Invasion, I'm not saying it had to be like that. It's the same as Mandalorian, the latest season. It was fine, but it was just see after watching Andor, then watching that, and just thinking, man, you know, I'm just getting. A bit sick of Marvel and Star Wars just now, or maybe that's just, why I just it just don't feels want to all kind of aimless and directionless. Yeah, and just none of the the characters are really compelling. Yeah, didn't say that. Like though. I don't mind most of the the ones now and stuff, man. Like that America Chavez and all the rest of it were totally fine, but they're not. They're not Captain America or Tony Stark in the sense of just having that kind of charisma to pull you into what you want to kind of see all that sort of stuff. I think um, as well with like. Even I don't think I finished Mrs. Marvel. Mrs. Marvel was good. I enjoyed uh, that. It was alright. Again, again, it got better as it went on. I exactly the same as what we said before. Uh, though it's like she was fine, but nothing that would make you want to, you know, dive out, in yeah. and watch yeah, more I, movies I, I'll, and shit. I'll, I'll, I'm quite happy to watch a second season, and I suppose the <coughs> sequel to Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. When's that? Out? It must be soon. There's a trailer coming out for it. Mm. But yeah, no, I don't know. I think it's just when it comes to that. I mean, I, I'll dip. I still haven't seen Shang Chi, and there's no real Again, reason. Shang Chi was fine. fine. No I real reason not. Them. I don't want to watch Eternals. Basically, based on what you yeah, said, you can give that a miss. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like Marvel will give that a miss. Just in general, oh, yeah, no sequel. Because I mean, considering spoilers for the end of Eternals, <laughs> like a gigantic fucking thing, like half the size of the Earth is like protruding from the planet and it's never and been it's mentioned never been mentioned like <laughs> <laughs> like how is that no something that somebody just is yeah. like oh mind that yeah. Yeah. what's that uh, <laughs> um. okay but speaking of comic book movies then mm. The Flash Thomas yeah. 
I watched it with Neil. Uh, I was there for Michael Keaton, and yes, I was there for Michael Keaton. Yeah, sorry, uh, man. We might be alienating alien David Gracie. Can you do it like you're in the barras? Do this whole section like you're coming to the barras? What? I don't know if I can. Uh, I'll, you, 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 I don't really know how to do that. Like, Here's your best uh, sports socks, Steve, for a pound. Uh, what? Oh. Sports socks, three for a pound. Fuck off. That's terrible. There you go, look. You, yeah. you can do that. That's where your strength is in that one. Uh, the Flash. Mac Green Bells, be a mention game. Mm. Yeah. The Flash, to sum it <laughs> up, it's, their ver- it's the Flash's attempt at Back to the Future. I, I found it entertaining for nostalgia reasons, but it's not a good film. It's very messy. The plot's really... Nostalgia reasons just being Michael Keaton. Keaton. Actually, I thought Ben Affleck's Batman was just the fairest and actually best I've seen him as Batman. Like, watching that part of him in that, I was like, I'm convinced he could be a Batman now. He was also the better Batman in that film. I'm, uh, yes, he was. He <laughs> Did was, they yes. put nipples on George Clooney? No, because George Clooney didn't have normal so at the end of that film. He's Bruce Wayne. All right, okay. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah... Um, uh, but there's yeah, there's just little things that are included that I, was entertaining. But there's there's no way there that film exists because of what they do with well Supergirl, you know, and yeah. having Keaton and that in it. But there's no way they give Ezra Miller a sequel, no chance. And I don't think it made sequel money anyway. No, I did not. <coughs> yeah. Some, see, see if you told me that that film was created by AI. I would one hundred percent believe you. See now that Ezra Miller's face on the thing. It is so bad. Well, okay, I'll, I'll give see you. See now that you've just said that though, you could probably level that at like ninety nine percent of films that have come out in the past year and a half. Yeah, but this one feels the most egregious, in that. It's, right, I'll be I'll be fair to it in that. See the opening like fifteen minutes where it's, uh, as you say, it's got it's, <laughs> babies in microwaves. <laughs> It's got Put a baby in a microwave. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, uh, yeah, he does. But yeah, but yeah. it has Ben Affleck's Batman. Is he already in enough trouble? I think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's <clears throat> got a bit of what it's got. Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman for about five minutes, and a weird scene where it looks like not a single one of them is in the same room yeah, at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all look. They all look like they're just CGI done. This one background. Um. I mean, again, you've just described every DC film for like forever, and the opening of Indiana Jones. Oh, God, <laughs> we'll, get that. we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but see, after that, where it becomes about Ezra Miller meeting younger Ezra Miller, and Ezra Miller is a quite annoying person to begin with. Yeah, he is. As Bat, well, and he's a total scumbag outside the being Barry Allen. Yeah, but in, as Barry Allen, he's, he's dead annoying. So to then go back in time. To go to younger Barry Allen, who's even more irritating, irritating mm-hmm. to then have to put up with the two of them for like an hour and a half. This film is fucking two and a half hours long. So by the time he goes back in time, it's like 40 minutes or something like that. And it's then just those two being dicks for like the rest of the film, and everybody else just having to put up with them, including you watching it. <laughs> And you get, okay, Michael Keaton's actually quite fun as Batman. Although there's this absolutely ridiculous scene where they're in, in Batman's kitchen and he's made spaghetti and sauce, right? That's um, way in bat sauce. What? He spats everything, didn't he? He puts bat in front of everything. Carry on, deal. Right, so he makes spaghetti and sauce, <coughs> right? And then he starts telling a story about how they fucked the multiverse 
they've come back in time and things like that. And as a person viewing this this scene, and he's telling the story about you and how it's all strands and it's all this and it's all that, but what they've done is fucked up. So he just throws the spaghetti on the plate, dumps all the sauce on it, and goes, like, "All you've done is a fucking mess." And watching that film, you can't help but think that this is him speaking because it's him looking down the camera of this stuff in front of him essentially talking directly to the audience of just shut your brain off because it's a fucking mess this yeah film. it's just near the start of the film it's kind of halfway through yeah it is a mess that, everyth- that everything is just a fucking mess it's like a it's a distillation of the ethos of that film in one scene sweet words fucking garbage it's so bad <laughs> fair enough yeah <laughs> it was such a mess <laughs> so did you not even watch oh I've, oh, oh I've just remembered other things which are horrific about that film right so the CGI is terrible right so it's a DC he, movie so when you go into the speed force he's in this kind of bubble the speed force right, that's when he's travelling I don't want to know right <laughs> uh, to sum it up he runs so fast he can run back in time right, okay <laughs> right okay which in the comics he needs a treadmill to do but well <laughs> He's got a cosmic treadmill in the comics, which helps. Stop him. talking. <laughs> <laughs> so when he's in the Speed Force, he's travelling through time. He sees visions of all these other people, like fucking Henry Cavill. But it's they've used a CGI. Oh, they've used really bad. It's like PS3 level CGI. It's bad. Yeah, yeah. But they've used the character model of him from fucking Zack Snyder's Justice League, where he's got his mustache. The CGI mustache. The CGI mustache. But then there's bits later on where the multiverse is collapsing and it cuts to George Reeves, who was the original Superman, Superman right? who they have created a CGI version of, which is kind of gross considering George Reeves killed himself based kind of because his reasoning was he couldn't handle the fame from having been Superman uh, and being typecast all the time. So yeah. that's kind of bad. Then you've got... CGI uh, Christopher Reeve uh, C- CGI the girl who played the original Supergirl yeah. uh, Kelly Slater no it's not is it Kelly Slater is I'm it not Helen sure. Slater I think it's Helen that? Slater yeah. right. uh, and then you have Cage's Superman yeah it's like okay unless you, yeah like if you're a total if you're an online nerd and stuff the normies would not know why is Nicolas Cage yeah. fighting a giant spider? It's not even Nicolas Cage. It's a fucking awful CGI version of Nicolas Cage. But what? He's Nicolas alive. Cage is alive. He would have <laughs> no doubt quite happily came and done that. Why did not just go, here Nicolas, you want to come and be Superman for five minutes? We'll give you such and such amount of cash. You can go buy something crazy with it. They'd be like, yeah man, I'll do that. <laughs> he would as well. But it's like... But no, it's some god awful CGI Nicolas Cage. Oh man, <laughs> that film's garbage. When Michael Shannon's in it, is odd again, and he just looks so yeah, yeah. bored. He does. He looks yeah. so bored. He's like, <laughs> he's like, it's, it's just that look in his face. On, I just, it's just a payday. I just need the money. I think he's even came out and said that that he yeah. didn't really care for the film, but he just went and was like, well, I just did it. But I thought that, I think he thought the material for uh, Man of Steel was better. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen something. No, but oh, yeah, that, yeah. that is another thing about the Flash. It makes Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League look better films. Because this is still technically within that universe. Mm. But yeah, um, 
He's not wrong in everything he's saying, but there's a lot about it that I found entertaining purely for nostalgia reasons. There was weird bits which were kind of fun, but mm-hmm. it was still a... Yeah, there's a bit where, like, uh, the star, I think uh, there's, like, all these babies are falling out uh, this hospital that's in trouble. So the Flash needs to kind of get them and, like, try and, like, you know, save them. But at one point, he puts one in a microwave and then... Is it, it falls he, put, he, put, he puts it in a microwave because there's going to be... There's a gas cylinder That's it. which has ignited and is going to kind of fire across. So this baby would get not be hit by it, but would get caught in the fire. So he puts it in the microwave and moves the microwave so that it, the fire goes past it and the baby is not harmed. Like the Flash catches all the babies in the right. end, mm. but it's a total kind of Looney Tunes kind of. It was very cartoonish. Yeah, uh, and, was... and it looked fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, if that was... was an Asian movie. At least one of those babies would have had their neck snapped. Uh, when, <clears throat> uh, like I rewatched uh, Days of Future Past last night, and the scene where um, Quicksilver is running about, oh. uh, and th- th- I mean that is like miles better. And that film was what twenty eleven, oh. uh, and it looks better. It still holds up, kind of thing. <clears throat> But yeah, uh, what else? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched Insidious, uh, The Red Door, which is... Is that worth talking about? Um, if you like the first two, I mean, the first does, two... Does it ignore the third one? Uh, so the, the this one is a direct sequel of the second one. Right, okay, so... Uh, and it was, uh, it kind of wraps up the story fine. Right. Um, and what are you saying? Like, he goes for an MRI. The, the MRI goes, <laughs> that close uh, up his legs. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah, you see him. Um, but it was fine though. I thought like it. I didn't think it was very scary, but uh, it was. It was more than horror films. I right? know, but as a like a conclusion to that trilogy, it was fine. I mm-hmm. thought it. I thought it did quite I well. Watch that when it comes on a streaming. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh. Let's just get all the shit out of the way. Indiana Jones cost a reported three hundred million dollars to make. And that's not including PR and, looks, and stuff like that. And it looks as bad as The Flash did. It was fucking... I mean, I... Who like, makes Indiana Jones? Is that that's like, a Disney product. And do you know what? They deserve a scalp uh, in terms of... Because it's not breaking even. It is yeah. what, it's being considered a bomb uh, at the box office. And it's just mental as well. Because like, you remember like when Glasgow was all done up to look like Manhattan? Uh, they disrupted this city for about a yeah. month or longer. And that, ju- actually, that's another thing with The Flash. That, that opening sequence takes place in Glasgow. Right. Yeah. That's Gotham. But, but it's Glasgow. But is it like so heavily CGI that... No. The point uh, of them it's just no. there's George with, Square. With, with, there's uh, that. <laughs> with uh, The Flash, the Glasgow stuff is... It's one hundred percent. You can tell it's Glasgow. They drive past my work. Right. Whereas with Indiana Jones, it's so CGI. They may as well have filmed it. Why did you disrupt this entire fucking yeah. city for so long? When you could have CGI the fuck out of it. Taxes, anyway, Tax. Yeah. The, the money break. thing. The, the money tax, thing is the tax. The finger thing, man. Finger thing, man. Tax break. Um. But yeah. No, um, I mean, like, did we even get like the Glasgow, the city, even get money from them though? Because it was another thing we were. We paid Warner Brothers 150 million to have Batgirl filmed here, and then they fucking cancelled it. Aye, for they wrote, wrote, written it was written off as a tax thing. Aye. So yeah, they, we I think essentially the the city of Glasgow lost paid, grand or paid money to them yeah. for it. Then no, they cancelled it. It's, they, they get tax breaks, so it's not that the city actually pays them. Right, it's, fucking money to pay. It's they don't they don't just, they else. just don't get money from them. Or at least the, the amount that 
race problems. Yeah. Then they cancel it anyway. Really? Aye, but by that point in time, whatever money they have paid, they will have had because they've raised the city for building. But yeah, um, Dial of Destiny. <clears throat> After Crystal Skull, I didn't want to watch. After and, what? Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, Niels doesn't see that, you actually, lucky bastard. you still not watched it? Don't do watch, it. Watch what? Uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. So after that, I didn't want watching an Indiana Jones film. I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, this looks entertaining enough. <clears throat> I'll go watch it. And I sat there. It was fine. Um, but if someone was to say, describe it in one word, I'm like, unnecessary. 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 It doesn't belong anywhere near How, the original trilogy. I would have went more with forgettable. It's extremely forgettable. I mean, it's just a, a modern adventure movie with Indiana Jones in it. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character has absolutely no arc. Oh, she's terrible. As she's well. annoying. She's, she's the most irredeemable character for the vast yeah, majority of the film. She's just to anno- the point where you're supposed to like her by the end. It's like, yeah, she's a, she goes from annoying, selfish thief who fucks over Indiana Jones so many times to five minutes later she gives a shit about him. Right, that's it. And because she's got her short round, um, that kind of ignites her caring about things. What does that mean? So seeing Temple of Doom, Aye. shorty. Oh, right. the guy from uh, everywhere. Yeah. From everywhere so on. she's got like a companion like that. <laughs> she as well. has she has a version of Shortman. Because yeah. if I'm correct I'm sure I'm correct in thinking this that they'd expect they were expecting to continue the franchise with her and this kid and this kid. Well is that not also what the plan was with Shia LaBeouf in the last one? Yeah, but that didn't pay yeah. off, did it? No. But um yeah, like I thought Harrison Ford was fine, but man, like they're the way the film starts off, it starts off with like during the Second World War, so they de-age him. And but I'll be fair to I I thought the de-aging of Harrison Ford actually looked pretty decent. I thought mostly it was fine, just every now and then. But this is like me nitpicking because I was going to nitpick. Well, my my, my issue with it was it was a Harrison Ford in his thirties that you're looking at. But it's a Harrison Ford and he's probably 70 odd now. He's, I think, is it, he's 83. 83. It's an 83 year old Harrison Ford's voice, voice that's I coming am. out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the dissonance came from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like um, plot wise, it's just whatever. Um, so, I thought Mads um, Mikkelsen was fine as just your stereotypical Nazi. So when were the first, well, like, when was uh, The Last Crusade out? That was that the third was one, right? Thir- when was it? 91? Was it no, as late as that? No, no, no. Last Crusade's 89. Is that 89? Yeah. So, like, back then, like, there wasn't, like, the same level of criticism, like, about people from other cultures, like, stealing artifacts of cultural significance and taking in museums and shit, right? But we've, but we've had that fucking conversation now. It's, like, at the point where, like, so many people criticise the British Museum and stuff were just, like, basically stealing shit from other countries, how do they even acknowledge that that is the discourse that people have these days? I think, is it ever I think, something I think, that's I think brought up? Ever... I think because they're stealing from the Greeks, and the Greeks are like European, that you would expect that, they just, that it's just it's okay. Right, but it's just, it's never something that's like it's, the morality of it's ever no, brought up. It's, well, it's, it's, it's also it's, set in the 60s. Right. So. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, it's just after the moon landing, even though that's, they get nothing to do with anything in the film. It's just there. Just, it's, just, it's just to give it a time. Exactly. Time place. Um, but the more the more kind of idea is that they have to keep this. Um, they have to make sure that the Nazis do not get this artifact because it's so, it's so powerful. And it can, it can, Are it can, the Greeks white European? Would they be considered that? 
I mean, you're asking the wrong person here, I don't really know much about it. I'll apologise to any Greek people listening, if, I, if you're not, but I'm apologise. We've just lost Greece. <laughs> God damn it, man. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so this, this artefact, it can, you can time, if, if used properly, it can time travel. And that's why, like, obviously, it's in the 60s and Mads Mikkelsen keeps talking about how uh, Hitler lost the war. If it was, you know, like, but basically he's like, I saw the mistakes and he wants to go back in time to make sure the Nazis win the war. And there's loads of stuff about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's like really just, it's so unnecessary. And I just, that's like, I didn't even hate it. It's just, there's loads about it where I'm like, yeah, I'm watching this. I'll, I'm not going to watch this again anytime soon. I might dip back into it in a few years, but one thing's for sure, I will never watch Crystal Skull again unless I'm forced to. I.e., I was like babysitting my niece and she wanted to watch it. I'm like, right, all right. I just find that, like, I enjoyed bits and pieces of it, but every scene just went on too long. The opening bit is far too long and it's weird as well because I, I, I watched Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning recently and there's a scene that takes place on a... news one? Yeah, yeah. There's a scene that takes place on a train <clears throat> and when you look at like that, it looks fine, whereas in like the, it, the, a more a more one to one would be the car chase in Dead Reckoning, mm. can uh, as opposed to the the car chase in Tangiers and um, yeah no there, there just seem to be two or three car chases in that but yeah but see like when at the very start it's set during the war they've de-aged Indy and then the kind of climax of that opening scene takes place in a train mm-hmm. everything looks just fake and yeah. CGI yeah. and just horrendously like not kind of thought about and like again maybe it's just because of my age and I've talked about like practical effects but I think the main thing about Dial of Destiny and I would say this about Crystal Skull as well the character of Indiana Jones belongs in a certain era and it is pre-second world war yeah, if you take that character and take him out of that it's a fish out of water and he just he, he's got no purpose and it doesn't work yeah we, we talked about that yeah. how those kind of characters work better than like kind of well, you can do post World War One, but pre World War Two yeah. kind of times those kind of adventure serials kind of yeah feel adventure serials yeah I think so. I think a more damning indictment of that film is Jungle Cruise is a better Indiana Jones film than Dial of Destiny. Is that the the Rock yeah thing? Mm. Um, yeah, because Jungle Cruise was alright. <laughs> it was just it's just Disney looking for their new pirates, but it was fine. Uh, that film. Uh, I keep forgetting it. Was it the Lost City? The one with Sandra Bullock that's and a, that's a great See, film. that's like that's romancing the stone, that but film. that was a you, fun adventure. You film. thought that looked shit from the trailer, and I kept saying it looked like a fun time, and then you ended up going to see it, and I didn't. <laughs> I and I was like, man, how wrong I was! It yeah, was yeah. it was so entertaining, yeah, like a total a total throwback to like romancing the stone and those kind of things. But the, the, and the dial of destiny Taylor, just, was it, it was Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, wasn't it? And yeah. Brad Pitt oh, and Danny and Radcliffe as a baddie. Pairing, pairing the two of them up seems like a good shoot because Channing Tatum was in like a bunch of funny stuff. Oh yeah, in that bit. But uh, yeah, so I mean, like that is more <laughs> of a throwback and an homage to those kind of fun uh, adventure the movies. The Man to the Stone and Jordan. Yeah, Avis whereas like Dial of Destiny, you're just like it just feels like a modern, overbloated uh, action adventure film with Indiana Jones in it. What do you think? Like, I mean, obviously in. Uh, Ark of the Covenant or whatever no what was it called what was the fucking Rage called? Rage of Lost Ark like they've got like when they open it up it's like all the ghosts and stuff come out of it and then Temple of Doom like there's like black magic voodoo magic-y stuff going on and then the third one you've obviously got like a cup that grants eternal life and shit so they all had 
supernatural elements, but it was always like such a minor, minor part of the film. He, he addresses that. He, there is a there's a scene where he kind of says uh, to Phoebe Waller-Bridge where um, in his time he's come across a lot of things which are kind of a bit spooky, kind of supernatural. And you, so he's now in a place in his life where he can't discount anything. Yeah, but which is why. My, my well, point being though is that like even stupider when he fucking goes back in time right, those, those other three films though <laughs> the, the supernatural part of it was like a minor part whereas like Crystal Skull in this is like so well I mean I've not seen this one but like my understanding as you were saying they go back in time shit there is time travel in it in fucking time and like the whole dimensional alien shit from the last film is like just so overblown like does does that feel out of place? Like, yeah. does it feel? I, I felt it felt really yeah. out of place. And it did not belong. Yeah, and it's like um, especially when you've got that masterpiece timeline. Uh, to well, also I'll say it. spoilers alert, and this is something that you, you could appreciate uh, being a Star Trek fan. Like, you, not only does he go back in time, he meets Archimedes. Uh, of course. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. and then there's just like the reasoning of. Oh, you know, I belong here. I've always what, and you're like, what are you, when the fuck did that? When did that ever be a thing? And then it's just, yeah, that, that whole that whole ending totally comes out of nowhere. See the bit is where where Salah's like, oh, Indy, one more adventure, and they both go to the airport. He's like, yeah, one more adventure, and then he's like, no, you're not going. <laughs> and he's Sal, just, Sal was rough, man. He's very rough, but he's yeah, like, oh, rough. gone Indiana Jones. And I'd be like, mate, I'm raging. I can't fuck. We got a taxi to the airport only for you to say you're not going. Like also, I'm guessing he was so at the weird. airport, he must have already had his ticket. He, no, he had his passport. He was ready to go, man. They're just outside. Uh, well, just when I mentioned timeline there, like the time travel movie written by Michael Crichton and Sam Billy Connolly, uh, Andy McLaughlin, one of our pals. Time? Timeline? Oh, yeah. Do you remember Timeline? Is that the one with... No, Michael Baines. It's Paul Walker. Oh, no, Michael Baines is the one with a watch in it. What's that? Michael Bain, I think, plays a villain and he's trying to obtain a watch that can take photographs. Is that in time with... Uh, no, it's just in Timberlake. That, that's a good movie. That was a good film. It's just Logan's Run. Yeah. Andy McLaughlin, our pal, saw him the other day. Uh, actually, it was him I went to watch a... Oppenheimer with you. But he was saying that... Am I the only one that's seen Oppenheimer? I'm the only one that chose Barbie. Cho- yeah, that's uh, not a surprise, that Neil. That tracks, that's a good... Uh, like he was telling us that apparently Michael Crichton is like a massive fucking climate change denier and is is written a book about it like is, a, is where it there's a bunch of scientists, scientists that prove it wrong there's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with the climate what the fuck he's talking about uh, <laughs> was it like a bit of a bummer I mean like next movie. <clears throat> like a, I mean obviously the, the book of it like Jurassic Park and stuff and even like Congo and stuff like I think like they're all entertaining I mean, Jurassic Park, I think, is legitimately a good book and a great film, kind of thing. Yeah. He, but like, he writes books for the airport. He, he writes books for people who don't know about the subject matter. Because, like, see, as soon as you've got any, like, actual knowledge about what he's writing about, it's quite evident that he doesn't have a fucking clue what he's talking about. Because uh, when I read Prey, and, like, mm-hmm. he basically, it's all about, like, nanomachines that uh, the coding for them goes wrong and they end up just killing everybody. And, uh, so who solves that? A group of scientists, <laughs> one, one, of, one of which is a specialist in the field. <laughs> They're all trapped in the one building, oh, Tommy. Man. And like the things are kept picking them off one by one. Stop me if you've heard this before. Oh no! <laughs> okay. Do they have an ape that can uh, do side language and just get a wee? Can I talk a wee bit? They don't even have like a good robot, which I guess is like a 
deviation from the formula because usually it's like a, there's like whatever the threat is there's like uh, something good that's helping them right what's it again I, I think I've, I ask you this all the fucking time and I always have to think what is the deal with, with the bad apes in Congo are they they were raised to be predictors of the, the city but then they turned against their masters because they were just too violent. Aye, and, and they're after the diamonds that end up with the no, big the laser. Apes aren't, the apes no, no, are but the, the humans live. want the diamonds Aye. that make that big laser thing. Aye. Well, I mean, no. I like, another film it's, <laughs> a, They want the diamonds to power like satellites, like an array of satellites, but they just happen to have that gun that's diamond powered and they find a Fuck diamond that just happens. That is, it just happens to fit <laughs> yeah. nicely in yeah, there, yeah. man. Wow. Tino loves that movie, man. He proper loves Congo. <laughs> Those apes are terrifying. Like, see about when uh, Tim Curry gets killed? It's actually properly oh, man, fucking no, horrible. Up, man. Tim- I still want to talk about apes. I went to see Transformer and Rise of the Beast. Oh, Christ. Why would you do it? Well, I, I enjoyed Bumblebee, and... It was alright. I am the correct age for Transformers were the big thing when I was a kid, so I'm quite Transformers-pilled. Like, the Michael Bay films are terrible. Oh. Bumblebee was a you are sp- fucking ancient that's right yeah. Well, I, I, yeah and I got more ancient in between in between shows speaking of which happy birthday well, thank you. also it's your birthday in a couple of days time yeah, how I'm many not. days time it's on Friday Friday no Saturday Sunday happy birthday in advance so Bumblebee I felt was a good step forward I had a fairly good time watching Rise of the Beast. I thought it was pretty decent. Uh, I won't really go into it, but there's a scene. I'm going to spoil a bit of the end. I don't, don't care. Don't spoil Rise of the Beast. Don't care, man. So there's a bit. There's a scene where um, the the kind of the human hero who is actually pretty decent. You know, like the human is a good balance of humans and robots. Is it Mark Wahlberg? I was going to say that. No, well. it's uh, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Jim Caviezel. <laughs> It's a guy that none of you would probably know. It's not. It's not a big name guy. Um, so he anyway. So he at the start of the film, he's trying to get a job so he can like help his wee brother who's got uh, some disease I can't remember, and his mum's always working that kind of stuff. So at the end of the film, he goes to this place to get a job interview, and it's uh, the guy from House of Cards. You know the kind of fixer guy. Yes. The kind of Ray Donovan guy. Aye. Um, what was his name again? I'm trying. It was, um, Starts is, with an S. Oh, is he, he's kind of... Kind of bald. Aye. Kinda, is, aye. It, is it Modoc from Quantumania? No, 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 no. no. no was, but he is in House of Cards. Um, no. He was also the American gangster. Yeah, he was. Hold on, I'll check. Yeah. Bye. So... Uh, so he goes for this job interview... And the guy's asking him questions and why he's not getting any like experience and things like that. Why there's a big kind of gap in his um, resume. Uh, and he was... Oh, Michael Kelly played Doug Stamper That's in it. House of Cards. Mm. So big Doug Stamper's going, all right, okay, so why is there this gap? And he's like, oh, it's a, I was abroad, I was working abroad, I was doing some stuff. And he's like, oh, you want to tell us about it? And he's like, I can't really tell you about it and it's like it's alright we know about Peru because that's where the finale is um, we know about Peru we know about your big your big pals and he's like yeah he's like alright how do you know and he says like okay so I work for this agency we're kind of off the books uh, oh, we're going to if you want to come work for us 
come give us a shout. Oh no. And uh, bring your pals. And then he hands him a card. He turns it over. And it's a fucking G.I. Joe logo. The next Transformers film will be a crossover with G.I. Joe. This is fucking amazing. This is the worst thing I've ever heard. We are in the end times. Man, I thought it was going to be like, I mean, it's the Federal Bureau of Transformers or some shit. Man. No, it's some fucking kind of... better. It's fucking G.I. Joe, mate. Oh, I have jazz balls for that. I was so high watching that film and when that came on, I was like, <laughs> Were you the only person in the cinema? No, there was me and three Chinese glasses. Okay. And they were also like, the whole way through the film going Wee! I'm actually quite surprised that I never got into Transformers because that seems like it would have been my thing I just how never, many years younger are you than like me? I just turned 40 a couple of weeks ago. Yes, you're three, three years younger you might have just kind of missed that thing because Generation 2 never really kind of got like, the same kind of big deal my mate Jordan was like super into it I remember that much like a, I just because you also always, you would have been what one when the film came out. I was always Turtles and Spider Man when I was uh, growing up. They, they were the two Turtles, He Man, Ghostbusters. Yeah, I was a I was a slightly older kid when Turtles and that started. Like I watched He Man. I wouldn't really say I was like super oh, like super into it. Turtles, like Turtles and Spider Man got his Turtles, He Man, that new Turtles film. Batman looks amazing. He never knew. See, I, like <clears> he went to watch a. Oppenheimer. No, it was something else. Mission Impossible. Aye. And I, I asked him if there was like a, a Turtles trailer before it. And he was like, what? Like, because he was obviously thinking it was like Michael Bay's Turtles. Yeah. And I was like, but he never knew that that yeah. other one was yeah. coming out. It's something amazing. It's like August 2nd, as soon oh. as fuck, man. It looks yeah. excellent. Paul Rudd's character looks amazing. <laughs> he just looks so good. <laughs> Who's Paul Rudd in it? He is the kind of gecko looking guy. Right, right, right. Not Gordon Gecko, but. No, because Gordon Gecko is That's Wall Street, Street. man. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the name of the Gecko. No, I want him he's, he, he's the one that's pally with ice cubes, fly looking guy. Right. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Um, have you seen Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning? No. No. Oh, I What were the ones you said yeah. you've seen? You've yeah. seen no, Oppenheimer. You've been playing. I want to see Asteroid City and Oppenheimer. Talk about Asteroid City. Go for it. Am I the only one who's seen it? I don't mind if it's spoiled bits and pieces of it. I don't watch it, but it's. It's actually based on your I, review. I wasn't keen. I was. I was thinking about them. I mean, you told me what it was. At. I was like, you're a Wes Anderson fan, and I'm not as keen. I, I don't think wait. I'm anymore, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, I, I used to be. His older films were great. Like, uh, Rushmore is one of my favorite films. Like, I was trying to describe this to my mate, where it's like, listen, I like like Rushmore is probably my favorite of his movies as well. Yeah. But it is like progressively. It's like see when he got to. Maybe yeah, like bombs probably. Well, no, I was gonna I, I, I was gonna say more like stylistically. It's more yeah. like see what like mm-hmm. and I, I like Life Aquatic. I'm not trying to shit in it, but well, it's Terran bombs is before Life. Yes, it is. but it's like I think it's it's almost like he's it's imagine him like just standing there and putting his head between his legs, and the more his films have gone, his arse, his head just starts to engulf his arse. You know what I mean? He's so. I thought you were going to say something completely no, different. Like there. he suck his own dick. It's like, it's like <laughs> no. he might as well, but it's just, it's just his head is Do so. Take a minute to appreciate the hand action Tommy just made. So I'm doing it more. It's like his head's just so fucking far up his arse. It was like it was like Budapest Hotel. It was the cusp of the arse. Was it like that? And then Fre- Yeah, and then French this. A French dispatch, it was in, and now Asteroid City, it is in there, and it's not coming out. <laughs> I mean, I've not seen Asteroid City, I've seen stylistically. I feel drinking. that's a bit unfair. I think as a filmmaker, he's just progressed to a point very similar to like 
say something like David Lynch where it's you're not they're not interested in making New. just narrative oh. stories it's they're trying to make art and it's what their art is how meticulously planned each scene looks so that it's the whole thing of every every shot of painting yeah type thing yeah. but he's done that so often yeah, in so many films like is it, but look, you look at the, these kind of auteurs though they kind of get stuck in that rut sorry daddy where you do the same stuff <laughs> you no, know Neil's right like he, he, that is what his films are now right so completely, sorry Asteroid no, City go for it there's no, there's no joy in it like his, his characters are just miserable bastards all of them like, I feel like they've kind of, that, that they've kind of, of always no, well I bet to a degree but there's at least some light comedic relief light relief even like in Rushmore for example Max's dad he, who's, who's just a barber but like he's just this jolly little old man and like Max always says oh my dad's a what is it he says a brain surgeon he tells Aye. someone it's, it's just it's kind of like the dry kind of dark humour is there as well but in, now honestly you could just see if you just took a photograph of any scene in that film yeah. and the miserable look on their faces it's like, like that all the time they're so unhappy all the characters there, there's no so joy it's, it's, no, I, I it's, it's not even like it's a, a it's dark a, comedy thing but it's, it's like a, a downer story no, it's a, they just all seem really fucking depressed so I, that's the plot I feel, I feel like though his character with the exception would be fantastic Mr. Fox which has a lot of depressed characters in it uh, his films have always since Tannenbaum's has kind of been that way because everybody's miserable in that as well. Do you know who's not miserable? And then everything Dow's Young Limited is miserable. Yeah, Ray Fiennes is Limited. not miserable no, in Grand Budapest no, Hotel. Neither is a fucking what's his face man? Why am, oh god, why am I blanking on his name? He was in Jurassic Park, he was in Thor Ragnarok. Jeff fucking Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum, like he's not miserable in that either. Well, I don't know when, when will he, when Willem Dafoe comes in and throws his cat out the window, he looks a bit <laughs> perturbed, he's like, yeah. just put my cat out the window. <laughs> he did die. I don't think, I think, what was, name like the last couple of films that Wes Anderson done? The French Dispatch, which I didn't like. I, uh, I still haven't watched that. Actually. But I think before that, I watched. Was it Isle of Dogs? Isle of Dogs was alright. So I mean, like I quite uh, liked that. That was the last one I saw. Was yeah. Isle of Dogs? And I then before that, I think good. it's Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Uh, Isle of Dogs was good. I liked that. Um, but French Dispatch. Dis- Moonrise Kingdom. Is that not That's good. Oh, I Moonrise that. Kingdom That's is right. good, man. I don't yeah. think I've seen a film of his that I didn't like yet. Like I can totally get people being. Like past that style, because even Isle of Dogs was very much a like really similar to Fantastic Mr. Fox and stuff, and like all of his live action stuff were like really really similar in kind of tone. I can get people getting bored of it, but like it's because no one else is doing that. Do you mean other than like I guess like Taika Waititi when he started out was kind of Wes Anderson esque, like a with like Hunt for the Wilder People and stuff that felt like a bit like a. Like a kind of whimsical uh, kind. Like no one else is really doing that, so I think that's fine. Isn't it whimsy? It's just honestly, it's just like uh, look at how pretty this scene looks. What's the plot? Uh, It's like Jason Schwartzman's the main character, and he goes to a place called Asteroid City. I can't remember why, honestly. Is it like they're all there because they are pre? They're like, at, like. Are they making a film? So they're making a film, and he's a he's the actor in the film. That's right. right. It kind of jumps right. between real world and and there, uh, and they're equally miserable in both worlds. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's in it, which I didn't know. But Hanks is in it. Hanks is in it. It's honestly the most fucking depressed I've ever seen Tom Hanks ever. Is, uh, just well, what are you say? Is Bill is a uh, Bill Murray in it? Uh, he is not in this one. What? I don't think uh, he's he? Melissa. I mean, has he not been cancelled? Has he? I don't know. I don't know about that. 
I don't know, man. I just, I was, fun. I'm just, I watched the Monroe with such disappointment because he never used to be. He was always kind of going that way, but he, now he's just gone off the edge, man. Like he's, yeah. he doesn't care about characters with heart anymore. It's just about look how fucking pretty my film looks. Yeah, honestly, did it look pretty? Aye, the colour palette and stuff is is, is excellent. All pastel. Yeah, light blues and oranges. And but yeah, like like you said, like with Rushmore, like even like does, the that, f- does it have a cookie? 60s, 70s infused scent <coughs> with some Surely. international actually, flavour. One of the things I noticed, and I couldn't be wrong, is there was very, very little music in it. Oh, that's that's surprising. Uh, and it, but there is kind of like a 60s aesthetic, if you like. Jeff Goldblum is in it mm. as an alien, so he's not really... Oh. Uh, is he reprising his role from uh, Elf Girls Are Easy? No, it's a different type of alien. I would see that. That's a film I've not thought about in a long time. Yeah. But it's the first one. Jim, Ke- Jim Carrey is also an alien. Oh. It's the first one of his I've ever felt like I would just like to leave now. Really? Yeah. Is, it, is it an hour and a half long? Yeah, I guess it's, yeah, it's, over it's long less long. than two hours. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I think you'd said to me, you're like, man, it's just fucking boring I didn't like it and all that I was like, oh man. But in saying that, I I felt that way about the French Dispatch where I was like, this is the wheels have kind of came off and like you said it's just look how pretty my film is now is there any chance that if you watch it a second time something will click though because like I don't know like maybe it's just kind of wishful thinking but like when I'm thinking of like some movies like the, like I thought The Big Lebowski when I first watched it was boring as fuck what? like a like it took me two t- separate sittings to watch it and I thought it was just alright <sighs> and like a the same with like 12 Monkeys like I fucking hated that film but like Ghost in the Shell, I thought was boring as fuck the first time I saw it. But they're like those three films are now three of my favorite films of all time. I don't think it's so that. Like, it, it's, it's a gradual slide. The last few films he's done, you can he's just gone more that way. Like his his characters have got less. It's less about the characters and their journey and more about like like, like I'm just repeating myself. Like like how stylish my filmmaking is. I think I'm just trying to just find some, wrong, some kind of justification for they it. They fucking look great. Here. They, they always look great, but uh, aye. No, I don't know. You can't yeah, like with Rushmore, it's like it, it doesn't really have that kind of pastely thing or whatever. There, there's very, it is very much a Wes Anderson film in how it kind of looks and the dialogue and the characters. But, but even the scene in, in Rushmore, Tom, that we always laugh about was when Bill Murray's in the car and he's two, he's two kids on the back and he's <laughs> like, Dad, pull your head out your ass. And <laughs> it's just it's the, the time and the pause and then he just reaches. Yeah. There's, there are no bits like that in this film. There's nothing right. like that in this film. There's, there's no light relief in that thing. I because I was gonna say like even with their folk like Bill Murray and like Rushmore is a very depressed individual, and like he, hey, imagine just, Bill Murray's character right in right. Rushmore, and imagine every character being like that with no comedic sense, with no kind of palate cleanser, that, like, right? Oh, that sucks. Because you need, like you said, you need you need like him and Max bounce off each other really well, not only because of the age difference and like the maturity level, and whatever, but yeah, that's a shame. I'll probably still watch that. I'll watch it. I was entirely not rushed out. Yeah. And like, obviously, because a uh, Oppenheimer has only just came out, the same with Barbie. I feel like we should leave them towards the end. Yes. But they completely pale in comparison to this year's best film. Oh, I know. Which is like across the Spider Verse. It was excellent. A. Uh, are there any other films to talk about other than that one just now? Or are we kind of? Uh, I mean, I'll I'll tell you what. I'll briefly talk about Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. I'll talk to you about Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I I saw it at the IMAX. Uh, it was it was quite impressive looking. 
I thought that it was fine. It's more like a kind of, I mean, I suppose they've all been kind of action-adventure in many ways, but I thought this was the most action-y adventure one of it, where it was just like, oh, this car chase is happening, and oh, they've got this, oh, but wait, something else is happening now, and oh, shit, we need to, but, oh, we're out. no, but something else is about to happen as well. It just seemed like action scene after action scene after action scene. So basically, Tom Cruise has to beat Skynet. Um, <laughs> he yeah. has to beat Skynet in this, and that is the plot, and the action scenes are good. I thought, with every Mission Impossible um, film, there's always like this massive stunt that's just supposed to be like, holy oh, yeah. shit. Is it him going off the hill with the motorbike in this I film? thought it, watching it, it was quite underwhelming. Well, I mean, it's, it's also in the trailer as well, so... Yeah, but so that, was the one with Rogue Nation. I still thought, fucking hell, man, he's actually attached to a plane. Yeah, like, I, I find the big stunt in this is underwhelming, but I don't think it's because the stunt itself is underwhelming, because it is a very impressive stunt. Which he did about five or six times. Maybe I think it was more than that, but yeah. No, it was about five. Was it five yeah, times? It five right. times. I think the problem with Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is that from the word go, it sets the stakes so high, mm. but then just continually ramps it up and ramps right. it up. See, by the time that stunt happens, done 40 other stunts ah. which are just as impressive and know. just as dangerous car chases and such yeah like that film is fucking relentless like, it really is and it's so like in a way where because there's no downtime you never really get a chance to process it well no no because you, you get do get some the, downtime the, here and there the plot's and really it's so the, basic and, it, it? and it's a very it's a very basic plot it's yeah. a, it's a i would say out of that franchise it's the first one that properly feels like this is based on a TV show from the 60s. And I think that's a deliberate thing. I think there's a very deliberate uh, choice to make it feel like a 60s kind of spy show. Like, they go daft with the fucking Dutch angles. Like everything's a, a Dutch angle. Uh, and it just it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps adding more stakes and more stakes. And then you get the slightest of respite mm. within a scene. Mm-hmm. Like, the big one being the train and that well the train yeah. or even the car chase yeah. where you get this big massive car chase which goes on for a wee bit uh, a while and then they kind of crash the car a wee bit and it stops and you get this kind of weird kind of comedic moment yeah. and then boom you're straight, straight back, back into in. that car chase and it keeps on going and then it's yeah. like alright we have to go somewhere else right we'll do this but, now so I mean there's two possibilities here though right it could either be what you're describing to me an example of that that I thought really didn't work well was the Final Fantasy Advent Children movie where it was just non-stop action from start to finish so like the whole thing just felt fucking just I don't even know man like it was just nothing by the end of it just felt like you're so zoned out from the action mm-hmm. or Mad Max Fury Road where again it was just like non-stop fucking when's this going to calm down or shit it's yeah. not going to calm down well, but it was well, excellent well, I- like is it I, I had a thoroughly good time watching that film. I yeah, really, really enjoyed it's, it. It's enjoyable. But it's also, it's dumb as fuck. Yeah. Like the storyline's They're all dumb. kind of dumb as yeah, fuck. Yeah, but the storyline's dumb as fuck. But the, because they're now on the seventh film, they've made so much money from it before, they, they do it with so much swagger now hmm. that you get, like, before, they even, before you even get the opening credits, you get, like, it's about a good 20, 25 minutes. The intro's where, fucking long. Yeah, where... You get this big massive set piece which is really good mm-hmm. and then you get a kind of secondary set piece where you give you 
here's your plot, here is the info dump of this is what's going to happen. And that scene goes on for a bit. And then you get, in true Mission Impossible fashion, the opening credits, which is essentially just rapid fire cutting of here's your film. entire film, yeah. here's the start of it, here's the end of it, mm. see what you can catch, get excited mm-hmm. for it, to a, a kind of slow scene of it's uh, Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames, and Tom Cruise, where Tom Cruise gives the same info dump, but in layman's terms, to these two fools, so that anybody who is still trying to recover from the blistering taste of that opening mm. can sit back and go, all right, right. so that's what they were talking about. Yeah. I wasn't... And yeah, sorry, there you go. I you actually, it? Like, it does this a few times through the film, but it kind of... Like they'll meet some new people, so they kind of go, this is what we're up to and this is why. Just to kind of... So that you can kind of keep a pace of what's going on. And I think that's actually a really wise move for that film, because otherwise it would just be here's a wash of stuff. Uh, there was loads of bits though, like, I mean, I'm not exaggerating, it is them versus Skynet. Oh yeah, like AI is a baddie. Yeah. AI just like real life at this point. Aye, it? but the thing is, there's so many times where they're like, oh man, what is it they call it, the entity? Yeah, because they don't want to call it AI, and they don't yeah, have a name they call for it, it, they yeah, call it the entity. The entity it's and kind it's, of dumb, you kind of just giggle But there's, there's so many bits where like, we can't use anything... Like the on the internet or digital because it'll know what we're doing. Man, that's Battlestar Galactica. But see the thing is, there is so many times where they're in a rooms like, listen, man, this is what we got to do. And the laptop's open. I was yeah. like, the fucking thing can hear you. And then, and then it's like so, only so sometimes. It's very, so it's very true to life that way yeah. where you you do these things. Yeah, like, right, I man, we right, but mine we can't do it because yeah. it'll know we're gonna be in vacancy at this time. And you're like. That thing has got a microphone. Break it. Yeah. <laughs> and like everybody's really good in it. Um, it doesn't. It like Fallout is still the best of them. I would agree because Fallout has an emotional core oh, yeah. to those characters where you don't really have that same kind of emotional stakes. And to be fair to Red Redman, it's part one, so mm. it's a very good chance that part two will be a more ground. Well, I don't want to say it'll be more grounded, but it, it'll be stronger in terms of the actual oh, yeah. storyline yeah. part of it and there'll be more do I say more stakes because the stakes are still really high Skynet's just going to lure Tom Cruise into a complex and then set one robot against him no. well no because Sky, it's cause Skynet is currently in a sunken submarine in the, in the with four billionaires it's yeah is it the Antarctic uh, it's, uh, it's like Antarctica or something yeah. like that yeah, so Skynet's in there and it's a race to basically get to it yeah. and they need a key and Tom Cruise has one thing by the end of this chapter. The entity or the entity's agent has another thing by the yeah. end of it. Is the entity's agent a person or a robot? Yeah, it's, he's a person. It's a person. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, he's from Tom Cruise's past. No, but who is it though? Oh, he's um, he is a guy I didn't recognize. He looks actor. like he looks like Benicio del Toro, but it's not him. Right? Is it actually somebody from the previous films? No, no. But no. they basically say right. how Ethan Hunt became an IMF agent, and this guy was the pro- this guy's the reason. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I agree with Neil. I actually, to be honest with you, I thought Ghost Protocol was better than it. But like everything Neil's yeah. saying is absolutely correct. And when it well, ends, it, was, it feels it like just, it's the end of a chapter yeah. was, and we're going to go to chapter Morales two. Was, was a baddie. If it's just good, like, actually fun, then that's all we that's, do. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a good time. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You watched um, Fast X, didn't you? 
Yeah, I watch Fast X. Now, see the, see the bit where there are so many movies. When was that? Well, no, I was. No. this is in relation to Dead Was Reckoning. that before or after February? Have we spoke about Fast 10? No, no. Uh, no. Fast that, 10, that, Fast that, 10 that, part I think one. that was April. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, see the bit where they're having that elaborate car chase? All I could think about was how in Fast X it's a big marble bomb that comes down That's that way. Right. Oh and I couldn't God, stop thinking about that. Wait, 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 wait. It's a what? Or, uh, it's a, a marble bomb. Do you remember, do you remember the game Marble Madness? Like, yeah. It, there's a shot, like basically in Fast X, there's a big s- sphere, it's like a marble, but it's got a huge bomb in it's it. A me- it's a metal ball which has got a bomb in it. It's got a bomb in it. And it just, it's, it's been kinda, in the back of a van. Yeah, really? and it falls out and it's going down the street like a giant marble and all that and they have to catch it because... It's fucking... It's, it's really dumb, but just you watching Dead Wrecking, it's like, wow, man, I, I just can't stop thinking about Jason Momoa's marble bomb. There you go. That, actually, yeah, Fast X, I've forgotten a lot of that film because it wasn't very good. Let's be honest. It was better than Fast 8 and 9, though. I'll yes, put it that way. Which that. were also pretty fun, though. No, 8 like, They weren't eight good was, movies, but rubbish. I thought they were enjoyable. 8 was rubbish. 9 was a step forward, probably. In my opinion. There is. But 10 was a bit better, and Jason Momoa was the best thing in that film. Jason Momoa is their Joker. That's all he is. He's the Fast World's Joker. He just turns up and causes chaos. Yeah, it's like, oh man, I'm going to do something and he's like, I will, we've outsmarted you. He's like, well, have you? Because you've just led right into my plan. You have a reason <laughs> you're like, no way you could all uh, that. No they, they retcon him into Fast Five. He's, what was Five? Hold on, what was that's five? the one in Brazil. Rio Heist, mate. Right, okay. Rio he's, Heist. He's, he's the son of the baddie in Fast Five. Right, okay. I didn't mind the retcon of it. Yeah, look, this, it, it's it fine. fine. I mean, it's, it's not the first time the series has yeah, done no. it, is it? No. Well, they bring back Gal Gadot at the end of it, and she's been dead for like the past three of them. Did she not like, get her face grated off when she fell out of a car in the airport? She. Did you say grated off? I'm, tra- I'm trying to think how. Does, does her car not get connected to that plane, and when it lifts off, the plane comes up and she kind of falls out? Aye, the it's, door comes off, and aye, she and goes falling out yeah, onto the runway. And what, yeah, what we're going to see is in the next movie like she used it as like a glider or some oh, yeah, shit oh yeah some dumb shit oh right. man she's been away although she turns up in a nuclear submarine so fuck knows what happened aye brilliant but they had that was it the fast actually this is making me sub. more excited for it to stop yeah. <laughs> I, I believe it's on now if you want is to it? watch it but I so, see, see the way like you know that like, well, you say you know this is going to be three parts Right, this is part one. Wait, I know three. it's only two parts. It's, uh, yeah, I thought it's it was only like two. two. What fast? Yeah. I I oh three. right, I thought you were talking about Mission Impossible. No, that's two. Did parts. every movie they commit this year was a fucking two part or what, what the fuck? I mean, Oppenheimer wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know about Barbie yet. I will know that no, next Sunday when I watch I, it. I, I, they probably will, but I can't see why they would make a sequel to Barbie. I don't think it would have the same kind of. But I don't know what story you would tell. Okay. To be honest. When yeah. was John Wick Chapter 4? Uh, That's been since the last podcast. We have, so we uh, haven't spoken about John no, Wick Chapter 4. Have we not? I don't think so. Just when you're talking about things that were just non-stop as well, John Wick Chapter yeah, 4 was... became a complete parody. I mean, like they were always like, the first one's about like him going on a fucking killing spree because his dog. So, like, I'm not saying that any of them were like, <laughs> you know, I but like by this one like especially the bit that stands out in my mind is like when he's falling down all the stairs yeah. and like you'd need to make a concerted effort to go down as many of those stairs as he did it, it does it's like it's such a, a parody slog. it's it such a parody he gets knocked down about 20 times yeah. outside the Arc de Triomphe for like in about 5 minutes and he's fine it just it just could have done with maybe shaving 20 minutes off it. <clears throat> which is my 
kind of complaint about quite a lot of films nowadays. There seems to be this thing yeah. that as cinema prices have kind of risen, like your bigger studios seem to think that people want more more runtime oh. for their buck. I mean, that's the same with video games, though. It's uh, like just they add in so much yeah, fucking bloat, and you're like, this didn't same, need to be. Do you know strange issue? as well? Like, if that is the, the thinking, it's like, surely you would want to go back to the hour and a half format or duration time so because you, you get more people oh, showing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Plus, like, I think at this point as well, like people are kind of ready for that. Like, there's, how many yeah. times have you heard people saying, oh, thank fuck, it's only 90 minutes? You know oh, I mean? like, yeah, like I was I was like that with uh, Insidious. I was just like, yeah, man, thank fuck, this is only, what, an hour and a bit? And I was like, that's fine. But you, I think the other thing you've got is like with Netflix and like Apple TV and that, I think a lot of them are quite happy to be like, we've got these uh, major filmmakers wanting to make this film. Talk about the Irishman here. I was going to talk about the Irishman, but not that, um, uh, the killing of the Flower Moon, the killers of the Flower Moon. Again, what the fuck is that? Uh, Scorsese's next the effort. Irishman, too. Irishman too. <laughs> but, it's suppo- but it's supposed to be, again, three hours long. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, I but at least that on a streaming site you can turn it off and then go back to it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I'd, like you said, I was like, surely you'd want your film to be ninety minutes, so yeah. that focal, like you know, like kind of like your Jaws effort. It was that good. I just want to watch it again, uh, kind of thing. Or like in saying that, again, I've tried to keep. I've been trying to come back to this like several times. It's been deflected, but the new Spider-Man film was two and a half hours. And I don't think it's it felt. Spider-Man film wasn't two and a half. It was. It was two and a half hours. It was, half hours. Hours it was two hours max. No, it, I, I need to, I need hours. to check that clip. That right. sounds like lies. Go for it, man. Want to put money on it somehow or uh, some form of snack? So I've I've only watched that once, but after Into the Spider Verse, the bar was high. The bar was really high, and they fucking absolutely they nailed it. Reached it. It's excellent. Nailed it. In time, it might be two better. Hours Sixteen. Yeah. That's not two and a half hours. Closer, it's closer <laughs> than it is to two hours. So <laughs> yeah, the difference. You owe me a burrito. <laughs> is that what the steaks were? A burrito? Yeah. I reckon the steaks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that film I thought was absolutely fucking excellent. Like I thought it was charming from the get-go. Like I loved how they managed to make such a fucking joke character like from all the Spider-Man comics of the past and stuff that actually made them seem decent like uh, in the spot I kind of wish that right now uh, I had a clicker so I just want to know every time you swear so I can carve it <laughs> <laughs> it's like mate I didn't swear that much <laughs> oh, so it's just because I'm nervous apparently <laughs> uh, but like at, at the start when they're having the fight inside the, the wee shop and stuff and like he is just pathetic but they've got all bread coming through him and it's all funny stuff like it's a, such a good ramp up from that to where the film ends where he actually does seem like a yeah. threat yeah. Uh, but like not even that the fact that that film didn't even really need a villain because there was just so much going on that was fun yeah it's like um, even though you do have a villain a lot of the focus is on the, the characters yeah because yeah. that is what the focus of that film should be is yes. telling like Gwen uh, Gwen Stacy's story mm-hmm. um, which was great and uh, bringing in the all the other Spider-Men which mm-hmm. are in yeah. that as well uh, kind of twenty ninety nine story. It's about that is more the character driven mm-hmm. aspect of it, so that you you have the higher stakes for yeah. that third one. Uh, I really again the first film did this and the second film does it really well. Is like see that bit where they're fighting the vulture, but he's from a different yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So and the they use like that kind of. Art. I was like, that is fucking the, great. In, in general, just like the like wildly different art styles between like whenever it's Miles, it's like kind of 
it looks a bit more like a traditional like kind of Pixar yeah. movie almost. Mm-hmm. But whenever it's Gwen, it's like some like a total abstract yeah. oil painting or whatever, or yeah. like a, yeah. or and, pastel. And then you get Lego Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, start to finish. I, like I cannot level one complaint at it at all, other than the but, fact that. I didn't know it was a two-parter. And when well, it came that's, up, that's on you. When it came up to be continued, I shouted no. <laughs> because, like, even after, like, two hours, 16 minutes, whatever, Neil... Is that like, just a Rodriguez thing? Didn't matter. <laughs> the same thing with Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I could have watched another hour and a half of that film easily. Yeah, because like, the cellar doesn't feel that... You don't feel any of that runtime whatsoever. Yeah. You're engaged the whole time. But I think with how good the first one was... Uh, they do everything just as well, but there's an added like confidence to it. Like they know uh, how good they, they've done, so it allows them to be more experimental in what they're doing with the artwork. Yeah, we've got um, the we've got the fans yeah. on board. Now let's just try and do a wee bit. You know, yeah. only only bad thing about it is we didn't get to see a uh, that absolutely fucking complete unit of kingpin. Like <laughs> 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 <Fucking laughs> love again. that character so much, man. Looks like a Monopoly house with a face. He's, uh, he's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Have you watched the first Spider Man? No. no you're missing out, man. It's so good. Across so, the eye. Yeah, first yeah, eye. Yeah, it was really good. Like, he's, he's what he said when you see Kingpin. He's just this giant fucking square fucking with cube. a head with a, a cube wearing a suit <laughs> with a face. And it's brilliant. Is it Leif Schreiber? I think is the uh, voice of it. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, it was fantastic, man. Daniel, like, tell us about the bear. Yeah, I've only watched the first five episodes of season two. That's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm up to episode seven, so I can probably. I've yeah, watched all it because it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's good. It's it's a bit uh, more character focused this season. It's like you get four episodes that are based on one character that's not Carmi. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's the main guy? Who so uh, it's well written. It's draws you in the same mm-hmm. way the first season did. And see, yeah. What's the synopsis? That's yeah, I, tr- I tried to tell you this is the, this is the problem I, like the whole thing the, the problem is you, all you could say is like is if you're going to buy the season one it's like it's about a guy that inherits a cafe and it's just about him basically trying to get this kitchen in order but it's so much more than that but like that's basically your plot yeah, yeah. That, that's purely a MacGuffin for yeah. essentially tight knit family drama exactly and uh, the stresses yeah co-workers are like a family and, and things like that and you work in a kitchen and yeah. everybody's saying Oh my god, it's oh, like life. Every episode of that first season is a panic attack. <laughs> every Fuck. episode, which is, I've quite enjoyed season two because it's not really it's like not it. that, it's like the tone's a lot lighter. And strangely enough, as being someone who has been in a position where not personally opening a restaurant, but being part of a team who is opening a restaurant or bar, uh, I, can, I kind of feel that the lighter tone of this season reflects that kind of mm. optimism that a lot of people have but it does well of also showing you the shit show mm-hmm. of what that is as well but yeah um, um, yeah I think that's I a- just, however <laughs> I am like there's a, there's a scene I think it's in the second episode where Carmi goes to therapy uh, like group therapy which <laughs> is a big thing in the whole thing yeah. for him and he says himself that he keeps waiting for the other shoe to drop and that does feel like there is going to be another shoe will drop at some point. I'm saying nothing. Um, but yeah, like again, I cannot. I mean, I said at the start of the show, 
but episode six, like, I mean, you're saying about the stresses of just uh, opening a restaurant and all that. Mm. Is like episode six is the is everybody's Christmas, like mm. with their family and extended family and friends, just absolute chaos. Most of it takes place in the kitchen, and it it I, I again I was so stressed watching it, and when you get that kind of respite, and then it then goes into an even kind of other situation. I was just like, what the fuck did I just watch? It was just so impressive. But like saying to you, Paco, like what Neil and were saying about like what is it? It's set telling somebody it's like that's what it is. You kind of just like, man, take my word for it. You will probably enjoy it. And they're only half an hour. Yeah, very easy to do. In saying that, though, I'm pretty sure that ep six is at least an hour. It's at least an hour, right? Because I don't have any time for that. I've got too much fucking anime to watch. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, so we reached the. Oppenheimer and Barbie. You, you know what I hear about Ruby Gilman, teenage crime. Sorry, on you go. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Uh, I don't have to talk about Ruby Gilman. No, anymore. there's folk out there that might want to hear about that. Is there? <laughs> folk that take their kids to stuff, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> well, I saw the trailers and I had no interest in it. It looked pretty rubbish. Um, Moving on. <laughs> but then um, DreamWorks put out the first eight minutes on YouTube, um, which, go and watch it see what you think about it I watched those 8 minutes thought this actually looks alright went to it and was pleasantly surprised at it being a fairly enjoyable kind of teen comedy not teen as in it's all dick and, dick and fart gags but kind of teen girl kind of prom comedy right, a coming of it's age a com- it's a very much a coming of age uh, like Ruby Gilman's a teenage crack she's a kraken the krakens have oh it's that film yeah where it's like she's fighting the fucking the mermaids yeah right so it's an animated movie yeah it's by the makers of like Shrek and something else Avatar 2 <laughs> uh, so she's been told all, all her life that the krakens aren't allowed in, in the sea uh, they've been banished from the sea and there's monsters down there so she's lived on land all her days uh, hiding as a human so it's basically it's her struggle to maintain this uh, other existence when everybody just thinks she's a human and then something happens she, she invites a boy to prom or she wants to but knocks him into the sea instead so she dies in to save him turns giant because apparently female krakens turn into giant so it becomes a bit of a monster movie then I hate it when you go to ask a boy out but accidentally knock him into the sea <laughs> such a bummer but they live, they live in a seaside town <laughs> right <laughs> um, so it's her coming coming <clears throat> to terms of she's a kraken she has these powers uh, she's been lied to by her parents it's like every animated film it's what my parents said sorry right. it's one of those kind also of somehow puberty but with extra, pu- <laughs> but with extra puberty, I, I was going to say about extra uh, pubes. <laughs> she, she gets in. <laughs> with the tentacles are man. She gets into the wrong crowd. Oh, here, I've got some I've, I've watched recently. Let's go. Let's go. She gets into the wrong crowd because this mermaid lassie, um, who is and historically their enemies, is like, oh, we should be pals and we can bring the two tribes together. But she's actually not. She's she's a Bitch. plastic. She's the evil queen plastic. So mm. you kind of. You know how these teen, teen movies go. Yeah. So it does that. Kids are savage. Yeah. And it's quite enjoyable. There's some fun stuff. Sounds like right. Tony Collette plays her ma. I'm who, in. Who, uh, <laughs> Getting Tony Collette, I'm in. Who is actually 
does a really good job with the voice and the character is really fun. She's like this cutthroat real estate agent. All right, okay. Her dad, her dad, I can't remember who plays the dad, is uh, a guy who runs like a kind of butcher shop. Is that a butcher shop? Some kind of shop. But it uh, also does like internet ASMR videos of him putting like these ships in bottles and things like that. So it's, it's very charming. Kind of charming. It's got a lot mm. of charm to it. It's, and it's only an hour and a half. You've, so got, you've, you've convinced me. Yeah, you've yeah, convinced yeah, me. Right, what, what did you watch that was probably an anime? So the guy accidentally is it accidentally is it on that Crunchyroll? Is it? It is on Crunchyroll, Neil. Look at okay. that. Okay, <laughs> uh, so uh, it turns out that the last episode of a uh, Berserk and the Band of the Hawk, the Golden Era arc, uh, is pretty much a ten-minute-long animated rape scene. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> not how I thought it was going to go. Um, but yeah, like the the Good whole thing, on. like that show. Uh, like from the get go I thought it was absolutely fucking amazing like it's uh, the manga that inspired all the Dark Souls and Demon Souls mm-hmm. games that FromSoft have made yeah. since then and you can totally see it throughout it like the entire thing I mean there's been nudity in it kind of thing right but like it's never been sexual yeah well I mean no like, there's, there's more than one rape scene now that I think about it oh my god but <laughs> it is set in like medieval times like kind of Game of Thrones you try to justify this well, no I'm just saying like, there's, there's, there's a lot of rape there. there's a lot of raping going on back then but like it was more violent than it was rapey uh, for its for the majority of its front time but like one of the characters becomes like a new demon king who ushers in like an age of darkness of course he does and the Aye. first thing he Shock. does yeah. is pick up this guy's bird and just pretty much like rapes the fuck out of her with tentacles and shit for like 10 minutes while not saying a word and just looking the guy in the face that's horrific it was a it was one of the most uncomfortable things I have ever seen in my entire life which you, I think it's like did you watch it all? I of course I did but I didn't really watch like it was like a car crash three, it's like man seasons of this anime it turned it off in the uh, last the last knows, 10 minutes knows he's fine if he finds it <laughs> oh god almighty Neil but, uh, something else man it's disturbing well, what it was well what I was what I was going to say was just though me. I will say anime in general that anime in general is excellent like I bought the the first day uh, book the first book of the manga in uh, actual Japanese mm. before watching that episode I mean <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, just like when we were talking about the tentacles there man, it kind of made me think of that well, and Ruby Gilman, there is no no such action like that. Right. What I was going to say is, like, see when we're done, like, you, you shouting no at the screen. Was it one of... I definitely know the story as in someone I know, but was it one of our pals when it was, like, the end of Inception? They said, fuck off. Just went, fuck off. <laughs> I don't think it was Inception. Oh, was that no Mano again with something oh, else? It was a two part. Fuck off. I can't even mind. That's why I remember <laughs> that. And, well, this wasn't really a... And, but I still tell people the story about when you and Callum went to watch uh, The Conjuring. Aye, I mean, because that is good though. Aye. Do you want to tell our listeners? We've, we've spoken about this several Have times we? in this show, uh, okay. several times. I fucking love that. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely superb, but I wish I was on that screen. <laughs> um, Speaking of funny shit like this though, like uh, in work today, like there's a, a kind of newish guy, like he's been there for like a year or so. And uh, he's always like dead nice, dead respectful. Like uh, he's from uh, Romania, so like you know, he's just he's not your kind of typical like working class Scottish posty like everybody else who would just like okay swear away and stuff. Uh, I also just mentioned that my posty when I try I try to avoid that usually <laughs> in the show. 
like a it's just like usually this dead plate has never got a bad word to say about MD but he's been paired up with this agency worker for the past couple of weeks and like the guy's like super unfit like he's just like like he's a big dude like he's got like a lot of like a my bad eating habits uh, but not the 10 years in the job to back them up so you can still do the job do you mean so like he's saying about how the guy's just like super fucking slow the, the first complaint I heard of him was saying that the guy's just like so slow he's too slow kind of thing but today I, I said to him I was like hey, is, it a, is this new guy like he like improved his pace at all man is he getting faster he went no there is no improvement he is like Darth Vader without the mask <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> just, I honestly fuck could not stop laughing, man. He's like, he almost passed out on Tuesday. He's like, hey, I came back to the van and he, his face was red, his sweat was dripping, he was just sitting on the edge of the van and I said, are you okay, dude? He's like, no, no, I'm diabetic. It's like, I'm going to stop with the accent now because it's probably offensive. But like, uh, he, he said... After saying he was diabetic, he asked him to stop in Tesco where he proceeded to buy a two-liter bottle of Mountain Dew <laughs> and oh, an entire man. bag full of fucking crisps and shit. And then apparently, like this guy's, uh, like he was like, "It would take me a fucking hour to eat that. What are you doing?" And the guy's like, "He's carrying this two-liter bottle of uh, Mountain Dew around in the fucking post bag with the mail and just like taking it out and guzzling it." The guy's diabetic. <laughs> like what's Oh, it's man. just unreal, man. Wow. But the the Darth Vader without the masks line just absolutely ended me, man. I could not stop laughing. And then for like a good half hour after it, I was giggling, just walking around over the moon. So good. Fair enough. Man. The fact that he felt the need as well to do like the the breathing. <laughs> like, so good. Like uh, fucking Darth Vader without the mask. <laughs> uh, right, do you want to talk about Barbie, Neil? Okay, yeah. Because uh, we, the three of us, have seen Oppenheimer, and we will. Yeah, you, you've not seen, you've spoil seen the last. Yeah, I won't spoil Barbie because I know that you're going to. I'm going to watch it. Yes. Yeah. Can uh, it be spoiled? I have yeah, a, like, I have a sneaking suspicion who I think might be the the the, the villain. Well, There's I a want, villain I've seen in a Barbie movie. I've seen. I, I think saw the trailer is. for that film, and the film that actually came out of it, I came out of. I wasn't ready for like in terms of the way the story uh, goes. Well, wow. like I, I knew kind of the basics of the story. Like the story is essentially, uh, Barbie lives in Barbie Land, which is an alternate reality from the real world. So, some like Barbie kind of the Barbie that Margot Robbie plays is just stereotypical Barbie. When you think of the word Barbie, she's the one that you yeah, yeah, envision yeah. because they do a very good job of showing you that the kind of range of characters within Barbie, mm-hmm. but everybody is Barbie. Barbie is, is, all, is all of us type thing. Um, so it shows you like your scientist Barbie, your school teacher Barbie, here's astronaut Barbie, that kind of stuff. But they're all Barbie. So mm-hmm. a lot of that opening is just folk calling <clears throat> each other Barbie, and that's a joke. Right. Okay. And how they're all just Ken's. Apart from Alan, who is Michael Sarah. All right. Doing very Michael Sarah things. As Alan. 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 <laughs> so it's. Barbie's life's perfect. Uh, and then 
she's been having thoughts about death, things like that. And so, as you see in the trailer, she's got the Barbie feet, which is designed for high heel shoes and toys. Her feet go flat. So she has to go see Weird Barbie, who's Kate McKinnon, mm. who is fantastic as Weird Barbie. And she has to go to the real world to fix it. Because it's whoever is playing... Whoever is playing with her as uh, Barbie. I've heard it's like the Lego movie in that respect. Yeah, it is like That's Lego the vibes movie. I was getting. Yeah, that that is that is pretty much what Mitch what about. <laughs> Barbie Land is where people are playing with Barbies. And at the start it tells you kinda of like you can use your imagination type hmm. thing. So she goes to the real world, comedy ensues. So that was as much as I knew of the story of it. But then where the story goes after it is actually pretty good as well. It's all about existentialism or something in it. Well, no, there's, there's elements of that, but it's also mainly about the patriarchy. Oh, of course it is. Because like, when I seen, like, I mean, I, I was hope, I'm hoping... <laughs> Danny it's, it's really... is currently scowling oh, and oh, shaking yeah. his head. Da- Danny, will, Danny will hate this film. This is I'm not, just listening. This is not a film you just for listening. the Danny's. I'm, I'm scowling and shaking my head at your reaction to Neil's comment. Well, of course it is. Of course it is. Of course um, it is. Um, You're just sick of that patriarchy, are you? Is Will Ferrell good as the Mattel? That was a sarcastic Will Ferrell's fine. He's not the baddie. I don't think he's the baddie. He's not the baddie. Yeah. Ben I'm Shapiro's the baddie. Ben Shapiro is a baddie, but not in this film, <laughs> thankfully. No, I've got um, a funny feeling who I think is the villain, but I'm not going to say It probably anything. is who you think is the villain. Okay. But, um, yeah, so, it go, it's, I really enjoyed it. I had a really good time watching it. It's, Margot um, Robbie good. Margot Robbie is good. You said Gosling's great. Ryan Gosling... Is operating at a higher level than any of us could ever imagine in this film. It is, nice. It's up there as one of his finest performances. He is so good in it. Okay. Um, go and see, yeah, go and see it. it. It's fun. Yeah, it's a film that I think will completely divide audiences, and I don't mean that in a in a the everyone and then it's all the woke crowd. Everyone who's going, oh, that's so woke, things like that. Mm. If you take away the chuds, I think it'll still, I think it'll still kind of divide people, just because it's 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 a lot. Like that opening fifteen twenty minutes, where it's in just all in Barbie Land, is a lot. Uh, how long is it? I can't remember. About two hours, maybe. It must be, it'll be about two hours. It, 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 I, at no point. Well, no, there was a wee bit in the middle. I felt it kind of sagged. Okay. Uh, when she was in the real world, but it goes back to Barbie Land. Is this a kids movie? No. no. See, it's most definitely that's why a lot of folk like, oh, it's a kids movie because it's about no, Barbie. It's like, I didn't get that most, from the trailer. It is for our generation. But I mean, like, it is a twelve year old, right? So like, kids can go to. It. There were kids in my school. Oh, yeah. So but, like, is is there enough there for kids? I don't think they'll really get. No, I don't think they'd be bored because it's bright and it's flashy and it's fun. I don't think they'll really get the, well, I don't want to say complex politics of it because it's not really that complex. It's uh, very much a. Uh, it, Is it, it subtle? No, okay. it's, it's not subtle in any way. Okay. Uh, I agree with pretty much all of it. Okay. But it's not a song about the way it does. <laughs> um, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, um, it does a lot of stuff which I was not prepared for, and in that not being prepared for it made it far more enjoyable. Good. Good. 
Um, I'll put them in. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to see that on Sunday, so I'm looking forward to it. Do you think you'll go watch it? Yeah, I'll see it for sure at some point. Okay. I, like, considering how lazy I've got with actually going to the cinema to watch stuff, like, there's a few times where, like, uh, Andy's asked us to go watch stuff, and so, like, I went, like, going off my own back just seems to be, like, a rarer and rarer thing these days. I don't see myself making the effort to go and watch Barbie, but it's, I, I, I like, if, I if it came on, if it came on, like, a streaming thing, I'd probably watch it. It will, yeah. yeah. I think you'll just find it kind of abrasive. Probably. But, like, like it's... it's it's good. It shows a hell of a lot of reverence for the IP, and and a lot, I think a lot of the stuff that like can, you have to think that Mattel's had to okay that mm. a lot of the stuff in it, and the leeway, the kind of rope that they allow like Gerwig and that to have, and kind of taking the piss out of it as well. Like it's, I'd say maybe one fault of it is that. It's self-aware, possibly just too too self-aware at times. <clears throat> but other than that, like it's very reverential. Like the even like the set design of when they're in Barbie Land is amazing. Even the what? Sorry. Like see when see when they're in Barbie Land, the set design is absolutely amazing. Right. Like they seem to get they seem to have kind of grasped this concept. I don't know how well you know Barbie toys. Um, the the concept of how Barbie is always just too big for everything around her type thing right. so like well, that's like an intentional thing well no it's the way the, toy, the toys are made like a Barbie dream house like you can get a Barbie but the figure is generally kind of the scale of it is just a wee bit too big for it uh, for the scale of like the house or the car that kind of thing so they, they do they get that kind of thing right um, the, how everything does look like a plastic kind of playland there's a great there's some great stuff like when they go to the beach and uh everything looks like a theater kind of set but they still do the gag of ryan gosling's kind of trying to impress barbie with his surfboard running the waves thinking he's going to go do some surfing and then he just hits off them but the way that they have him hit off it totally bounces it's very kind of it's cartoony like t- Team America it's, it's quite Team America but <clears throat> you have it so that like the limbs don't really move so it has that kind of stiffness that the toy would move yeah, at not that it matters but are Aqua in it at any point and does that song feature in it Aqua are not in it the the song itself does not feature in it but there are a couple of songs in it which sample elements of those songs okay <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's good. The more I think about it, the more I, I would say I enjoyed it. I think like when when it's like they announced a Barbie film, right? And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. And it's like Greta Gerwig's doing. It. You're like, what? Yeah. When it was originally Amy Schumer, I would be interested to see what that film would have been oh, with Amy Schumer in that yeah. role. See, I was like, okay, Greta Gerwig is it Noah Bumbach that did the yeah. writing? I was like, okay, you got me interested because of the the kind of they're indie kind of darlings and of, you know, it's not the kind of team that you expect to make a Barbie film so that maybe I was something to say. Much like I remember when it was like, oh man, you know, they had a movie about Facebook. I'm like, who fucking cares? Oh, Fincher's doing it. You're like, oh, is he? Now, now you got me interested. One thing I would say is that, uh, like, Gerwig up until this point has just done, like, Little Women and um, what was the other one she did? Uh, is it F is for Frank? No. 
No, is it Ladybird? Mm-hmm. Aye. Yeah. So a lot of her films are kind of in smaller kind of character yeah. pieces. This film shows that she has the chops to do, uh, to do bigger budget. Yeah. Kind of more even more action driven stuff. Yeah. I remember watching Ladybird and thinking if I was a sixteen year old girl, this would be my favourite movie just yeah. because of the, da- the the kind of coming of age, the mm. humour and the kind of tone of it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yes, it's very like, I really enjoyed it. But very well women is really good. I still haven't seen that. I don't know if Florence Pugh in that. Yeah. I haven't seen it. No. When I was a 16 year old girl, I'd probably want to watch Paco's technical movies. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. We can watch them together. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, right. Will we get on to Oppenheimer? Let's go for it. Yeah. What's uh, it about? What's it about? <laughs> well, what, yeah, what is it about? Um, but yeah, this is Christopher Nolan's latest opus, uh, Oppenheimer, about the father of the atomic bomb, Robert Oppenheimer. Big shagger. He, he was a big he was a bit of a shagger and yeah, you see some of that in the, the film. Um but yeah, it's more it it's kind of examines his life in three different kind of times. There's like when he's a student, uh the making or the the, the making of the atomic bomb and then after it. So it, I think it does really well in bouncing from each kind of time uh, successfully where it doesn't feel like it's like janky or anything like that it's like everything kind of proceeds how it proceeds the way it should um i thought like i mean yeah so it's just basically about uh, oppenheimer the nazis have got a, during the second world war the nazis were wanting to build a, the, an atomic bomb the americans are trying to get there first so oppenheimer is hired to head up the manhattan project which essentially got all the top scientists move out into this bit of land to build a town and it's gonna they have to stay until it's done and so it's kind of a race against time the other part of it is the real the whole thing is mainly a film about the moral issue of it's been invented mm. but and it's like oh like, for, like there's a line in the trailer and it's also like it's um one of the Sa- is it the safety brothers i can't remember ben safety i think his name is he said that they're like oh yeah we're gonna make it and it's like yeah until somebody makes a bigger yeah. one. And it is that whole effort of they've made it, but what like right. you can't unmake it now. And the consequences of that kind of going forward. But it's also just the way that like Oppenheimer after it, the way he was accused of like communist links and things like that. And just how, yeah, they made the bomb, but it is that way. But how come the Russians now know about it and have plans to was there some kind of espionage going on there? So yeah, it's it's that. Um, there's not really much else to say. It is. It's not really about. I mean, that's part of his life. Is that it's more about a biopic of him, right. and like everything <clears throat> and folk around him and that. Um, I thought it was absolutely excellent. I think Nolan has kind of peaked as a filmmaker in terms of, like, in my opinion, it's not my personal choice, not my favorite Nolan film. But as a filmmaker, he's come. He's kind of just peaked in terms does of like. Ha- does it have a man in a box? <laughs> no. I'm out then. Fuck that. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I just think like after watching like from where he's came from with like you know, Memento, Insomnia, then Batman Begins, The Prestige, and then just like going on to things like Dark Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, and all that. I and well, I mean, throw Tenet in there if you want. Um, I just, <laughs> I just think like as a filmmaker, he is just, com- like he he is now like the most complete director he can be, 
Stylistically, it's fucking brilliant. The acting is excellent. Killian uh, Murphy and especially RDJ guaranteed Oscar nominated uh, nominations. I think this is going to win Nolan as Best Picture and Best Director one because um, I really don't have anything to complain about it. Like Even when it's like dead science-y, as an audience member, you're able to follow it in terms of the layman's, the layman terms of it. Uh, I think all the... Because like, there's a big fucking cast in it. But yeah, <clears throat> I don't really have any shit to say about it. It was three hours, but I sat there absolutely mesmerised the whole time. And I think it, it did help the fact that it was telling the story from different like timelines and right. his, it's like times of his life. Um, yeah, I thoroughly impressed. Thoroughly impressed. And I think it goes to show when Nolan is, get, when Nolan is able to focus on something that is when he's focusing on like characters and things like that he's really good but see with like interstellar where he's so concerned about getting the science right that he forgets to write characters or he just forgets about characters completely that you just don't give a shit same as tenet i don't give a fuck about anybody in that film because he's so I concerned think, i don't think that's a film where you're supposed to really give but a fuck it's about more anyone. like it's more that's like not really the point of that film true but it's just little things where you're like oh he's so focused on kind of getting like right this is what this like this time this kind of time dilation whatever what the fuck you want to call it i was able to you're able to time travel but kind of sort of he's so concerned with explaining that to the audience and that they'll get it but see like like uh, John David Washington's character Aye. the protagonist don't give a fuck about anything about him and yet it's really his story and uh, Patsy as well don't give a shit um, and this like oh you know you do this this just bends time now what does it that's nice to know let's move on it's like man he's not fucking flabbergasted by that it's like no we're just gonna move on <clears throat> Elizabeth Becky's useless in it which is a shame because she's a good actress uh Kenneth Branagh needs to stop doing Russian accents because he can't do it. 100% agreed. Yeah. But yeah, but anyway, coming away from that. She just do Belgian ones. Well, yeah, I didn't mind him as Poirot. Um, but yeah, I just think Oppenheimer is a very satisfying and entertaining uh, movie and yeah, absolutely brilliant. I think. Would you then? For the... For the Seven out of ten. For the record, <laughs> for for the record, I would say my favorite Nolan movie is either okay, the Dark Knight, is either the Dark Knight or the Prestige. But that's that's just a personal preference. Yeah, man. Like you just said, seven out of ten. What did you find it boring or? No, not boring. Uh, it's probably just me, but I think a lot of the the other characters because there's a lot of characters in there's it. There's a lot. Of you need to remember these are all real people. Though. Yeah. No, no. I'm that's, not saying. Yeah. I'm not saying. I just. I think I'll probably have to watch it again to find to kind of get a real grasp right. of who all right, the right. little incidental characters were and all the little because there's quite a lot of minutia in it, like in terms of small bits of information that are just back and forth right. in terms of these politics and the bombing stuff. I did enjoy it. It's just I like knowing a lot, and it's it's not like it's not Nolan's best film by a long shot. Uh, the acting was really good in it. What is Nolan's best film? Uh, Sorry, you're, you're not. What's your What's your favourite one? Uh, the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. but then I, I like the prestige a yeah. lot uh, as well. I, yeah uh, see that's that's my favourite yeah that's my favourite Nolan movies as well 
but this is just yeah again Inception's fucking excellent as well but I came out of those films thinking they were fucking brilliant and I would go watch them again immediately and this one I was like that was good and I'll never watch this again no I will I definitely (laughs) will because it's it's so well made that it's like (coughs) Thomas says it's it's entertaining enough I, I, I will did, never watch Oppenheimer again. I did feel the length of it. That surprised me. I just watching mm. it, I was like, man, Parker's gonna fucking love this movie. Mm. Just because of everything about it, like I just thought it'd be uh, right up your well, street. Well, you'll not watch again because you didn't like it, or I didn't like it enough right. to merit watching something that's three hours long again. Yeah, that's fair. But the thing is, though, as I said to you when I came back, though, like, like I studied physics and chemistry at uni. Like I'd done. Like chemistry at so high school, I've been like I've been like a fucking <laughs> science dweeb like my entire life kind of thing. So the bar was always going to be like a wee bit higher for me with this stuff because like you know like I've read a lot of the the people who are in this film like I've read their books like I've read about this guy's life I've read about the Manhattan Project and like I don't know the, the bar was just going to be bigger uh, higher for me for this from the get go right. and I think they're like no one made it so much more like Oppenheimer is like the fucking John Constantine of physics rather than like <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like he's the fucking bad lad he's the he's the fucking rogue physicist who just goes around and fucking does what like physics you? and stuff it's, it's like, like Jack Grealish and like, science <laughs> You know, it's like he's always like fucking shagging chicks and smoking fags and just like. Oh yeah, because like nobody else. Like cool such a cool dude. He's, he's a, a man f- of his time. Like <laughs> fucking physicists, they're all. No, like, I, I, do, I don't get this. He was the bad boy of physics. That's the, they totally like bigged him up with that in the film, and and it's like. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna he's a known womanizer. Yeah. Right, and like a narcissist. I mean, like. Don't get me wrong, he is like a great person and stuff, man. Like a great scientist. Like a, but like just the the film in the third act demanded that you see him in a sympathetic light. Like it very much becomes like a fucking Oppenheimer, right? Am I right, guys? Fucking let's get behind Oppenheimer. Like in that last scene, like in that last act, even when it becomes more like a kind of courtroom drama than anything else. Um, but like. I don't know, it just, I couldn't, I, I did enjoy it, I'll say that, right, like, it didn't feel three hours long, like, at no point no. where I was like, I want, I want this to end, like, it, it is entertaining, but, like, I just feel like, for something that's based on science, or, like, you know, like, such a kind of science-heavy topic, there was just too much of it that it's, like, over-stylized as a movie script, like, like him knowing how the desert works and like them like Chekhov's gunning that earlier on and stuff and like you know because like they just they just shoehorn in catchphrases that he just throws out to people all the time like he keeps telling like a hey, that guy oh you're gonna be all right you're gonna be all right like throughout the film like he tells his wife to bring in the sheets like several times in the film like everything just becomes like little shitty catchphrases constantly in it and like a hey, I just I just found that no one's script was way more focused on drama and theatrics as opposed to the subject matter, which I get because it's a fucking blockbuster film. But the subject but matter also, is him. Yeah, the subject yeah, matter it's not just about yeah, the yeah. bomb. Yeah. But that's, like, biopics aren't really my thing either, though, do you mean? So it's like, I don't know. Based on a book? Like, Aye. American uh, Prometheus Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that's what the book's about, then... Which, fair enough. Yeah. Like, uh, I just... I, Were you expecting pe- more about the fucking bomb? 
Like, I was expecting. Tell them about the blonde. I mean, I was expecting like just I know. Having a three-hour-long movie about a group of scientists and making it entertaining is a fucking hard ask. No right? need, no need for that. Dino DNA. Dino DNA. <laughs> Dino like, DNA. All, all I could think when I was watching it was that there's a better mo- version of this movie out there that is, as you brought out Moneyball earlier, or Social Network, Moneyball. that is di- <laughs> directed, directed by David Fincher and written by Aaron Sorkin. Like, that's the version of this that I want to see. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm flabbergasted by some of these opinions. That's a lot of Hoffenheimer doing a lot of walking talk. Yeah, but exactly, <laughs> that's, that's my point, though. It's like, I feel like the scientific community and science in general is better suited to that vibe than it is to, like, I don't know, man, science but written through the fucking vision of the I fucking love science Facebook page like very much like The Martian you know just that have you seen The Martian? no but The Martian is also based on a book by an ex-IGN employee Uh, it's just that I I just don't like that attempt to make science sexy I I think a lot of this is on your kind of like yeah, perception that, of that. Whereas I, man. yeah, but I'm just like a lot like the John Constantine of physics. Like he's a bad okay. boy, man. He's like you know Hell John man. Constantine. He's a priest, but he's like a fucking rogue. And the fucking deleted he's the, scenes, he's cutting a bit with Lil Jacob. He's the he's the Han Solo of priests. Like this is like you know that's what, like Oppenheimer, man. He's a bad boy. He's the Han Solo of physicists, man. Wow. And like, okay. Especially in the first hour, like I felt like it was just name drop city, man. There was like so many things were just like, oh but man. Like you said, it's based on I know, real people. I, I know, but like there's so many of them that was like, all they did was just mention the name. They didn't actually go into like what they, the people were famous for or what they brought to the table. So it was like, you know, oh, Heisenberg, Heisenberg eh, Bohr. But like he, all he these people, it's like just yeah, but like they don't do anything. They don't. They don't come into the story. They don't like add to the the overall vibe of the film. They're just there because it's popular scientist names. Have it, you just, like science? Uh-huh. I, I went to see it, and I presume I'm more like the, the general non-science loving person, if you like. And like I don't need like those that those, those names are for me because I know they're sciencey, and that's it. That's I don't know anything about them. Uh, no, no. Oh shit! Who was? It? Oh no, he was. He yes, was. He was. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not for. I guess if if you're more of a science nerd, then you would, like you say, yeah, your bar's going to be fucking much higher. Much higher. Than exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like that's. So I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Like you actually say it's a good. You I, actually say like it was really good. It was just like, it just tries to be, too slick for something that is about a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> but I, just, like, I don't know it's like the, the political aspects as well and it just like, you, like that the, that was interesting I mean, which again like, I think is of the era because it's like that's when McCarthyism and all that was uh, about to start well, I mean, and, yeah but that, like, like, I think that is an interesting part my, my of, ignorance of history coming to the forefront in this one as well where I didn't actually realise that the uh, the Americans had like a massive problem with communism before the Cold War. Because I, like, I thought that all that, started because of them in Russia. Still reading science books, my history, is it? Exactly, exactly. But that, like, so when they're making such a big deal about him having communist connections and stuff, and it's before World War Two, like I was like, that's 
weird. But then, <laughs> aye, but then, but then, like after it, like with the, the, the trials and all that, that's when that's when the the yeah. switch hunts. Yeah, huge. yeah. But that's what I'm saying, like, I, like I thought that that whole kind of anti-communist American thing was a result of the Cold War. I didn't no, realize it was established no. beforehand. Mm. Uh, so, like, that was interesting, yeah. and like the court case aspect to it was interesting. Like, even like the the feud. Like, I I, I don't want to say any more about the feud because yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. gives away like a lot of that last act mm-hmm. of the film. Mm-hmm. But like the the setup of it and stuff, like it works as a, a dramatic film it works in that aspect but like it just makes it so contrived when you actually think about the real world aspect of it do you know what I mean it just like it's a biopic but it's like a biopic that's got like just so much convoluted shit thrown in I don't know that's just my opinion on it man and as I said, like, biopics uh, aren't really my bad. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. use the word very slick. That's what I'm saying. I think it was very slick and there was no really fat to trim. I thought it was really tight, like you said, for three hours. Uh, but fair enough. I will say, uh, the people I saw it with didn't think it done the kind of existential dread aspect uh, like as well as like things like... Um, interstellar where like that whole idea of just the black hole being able to just fuck up like everybody's perception of time and stuff like that like they found that to be more harrowing than this idea of even though it's like a near zero chance that the bomb could have exploded the atmosphere like set fire to the entire fucking planet like a I think they've done like quite a good job of drilling that home that that was a possibility and is a possibility every single time one of those nukes goes off a that aspect of it, I thought was pretty good. I see. I didn't. I don't think they did then, because they I never got. I that thought. Problem. I thought once they'd set off the test and it didn't happen, but that was it. Like that. That's, right. that's you're saying now that that is every time one goes off in the future. It's that's a still a possibility. It's a, it's a, ne- it's a from, near zero chance. I thought that was the bit where they went. No, that's not. Right. That's it. Then. Look, it's, it's not Do you feel happen. maybe that's so you bring real world kind of knowledge into that? situation where because you know that so far it hasn't, hasn't happened. happened that you know in the film that it, it was never go- it wasn't a thing so you don't feel that tension whereas an interstellar fuck was a black hole uh, uh, exactly <laughs> exactly like I, I thought they did a good job at like because uh, it was one of those things I mean like though I'm a doomer anyway man like I spend most of my fucking time thinking about how the world's going to end so like it just right, man, really... I thought I was like you're writing at the game Doom I was like is that what it's called man because I'm a doomer as well man. I love Doom that's a boomer <laughs> oh, boomer Christ. shooter right <laughs> but uh, it's it, don't get me wrong it's a great film it's possibly the second best film I've seen this year but that's only because I don't really think there's been that many good films this year uh, other than Spider-Man okay and like most most people aren't going to have Mac grapes with it do you know what I mean like most people are gonna watch that and like not get hung up in the shit I got hung up on. I totally get that. Which like I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad film at all. I'm just saying like Science shouldn't be sexy. I Science isn't sexy is what I'm saying. Like it's distinctly not sexy. It's just, it's just like the like the idea is like Oppenheimer walks into a room and he's got a swagger and just like snorts a big line off a hooker's tit and then goes and does physics. It's I mean, not far removed that from that, man. That is fucking ridiculous. Like, no, fucking it's not. Putting, nice. putting cigarettes out on hookers and just like oh, was shagging one, there, was, there was one sex scene where, where I, that is, there was, 
he's involved, let's say. Yeah. And then uh, she pulls a book out and says, going to read that. Nailed to me, will we bang? Pretty much. And then when, as he does that, she gets back involved again. Aye. And she wasn't involved. And then she was. Aye. But she doesn't really know what she wants a lot of the time. The amount of times it's like, well, she don't come near me. Nah, she's she, a call me. She's she definitely doesn't want flowers. Mm-hmm. Stop fucking bringing me threat or right, I thought, though, I mean, to your point before, like everybody uh, played their part in it amazingly well. Like Kelly Murphy was excellent. Like uh, Emily Blunt was excellent. The last year's name I always forget. Florence Pugh. She was excellent. RDJ. Like uh, Matt Damon was excellent. They were all across the board. There was not one performance other than Kenneth Branagh. Uh, he was fine. He was fine, but like whenever he does that, like kind of foreign accent thing that he does. He always has this really fucking weird, like, stiff upper lip look to his face. He had it in Tenet and he's got it in this. Where it's like, it just feels like to do the accent, he has to not use any muscles in his face or something. I don't know. Oh, man. That's uh, probably why he's got that big extravagant tash in, uh, when he's hair Poirot. So oh, he's just like, yeah, man, so you don't see it. I think there's another one of them coming out. Yeah, is it? The, what, what was that? A Haunting in Venice or something. Aye. Yeah. I didn't think Death and Nell made that amount of money, but there you go. I came out during COVID, even. Oh no, it was supposed to, but then because of the Army Hammer stuff, it kind of got shelved for a while. Yeah. And then get quietly, quietly released on Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah, it did. But like I, I from what I've said, it, I, I get that it sounds like I'm mega harsh on it. It's a good film. It's hundred percent my hang ups that made me not like it as much as Tommy did. Mm. Seven out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> See uh, the pitch beating guy. The pitch meeting guy. Ah, he, he does the he does the pitches. Remember, like on YouTube. Right, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's done one for Interstellar, and right. he's absolutely fucking correct. So you should watch it. I mean, they're always like whenever he does them, they're always correct. I know, just, always I, just, I know you really like Interstellar. Right. I was like, watch pitch this meet, pitch meeting. Uh, watch this guy break down how fucking dumb that film is. <laughs> That's why, like, if I, I end up really liking a film. As soon as I see he's made a video on it, I will not watch it because he's he points uh, out everything that you kind of you just hadn't noticed. I hope oh, my mate was like, I, I check this out. I was like, he nailed it, man. I don't know why everybody uh, doesn't see it like that. The one for Rise of Skywalker is an actual piece of art. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> he does it. Does he do? Like, he makes it all his big eyes. Uh, ah, he's good, man. Um, I he, can't even watch him. His voice just. But again, he's supposed to be like that total yeah. just shit yeah, shake, yeah, like yeah, total Aye, exactly. Uh I haven't seen Avatar 2, but I watched his pitch read and I was like, what the fuck? I was, like, Avatar. was that did we talk about Avatar 2? I was think that, that was what the last thing that that they spoke, they spoke right. about. It was it was say, yeah. Well we had a time! <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is us uh, reaching yeah, we across don't... across the Spider Verse levels of time. Well, I was going to say we're, we don't want to be well, hypocrites and just go for three hours. hours. What a uh, is there any other ones that we want to bring up? No, I don't know. I, don't I watched all three seasons of Demon Slayer. That is a decidedly mid anime. I don't understand. I, how it's I've, watched, I've watched the first three episodes of that and just find it really average it's got like insane production value behind it you can tell yeah. but like other than that it's just like it's so derivative uh, everything that came before it mm-hmm. like if there was no Jojo's there would be no Demon Slayer right. that is a fact I finished um, my, I finished my marathon of Family Guy I have now watched the entirety of Disney Plus's uh, Family Guy stuff wow. 
Is that good? I, Does that remain good? It like, goes through a couple of weird stages where it's it's not great. The first couple of seasons aren't great. Uh, don't you, they don't, totally don't hold up. Then it gets good, and then it remains consistently good for a good wee while, and then it drops off for a few seasons, and it picks up and it becomes fine. Hmm. It becomes really meta after a while. Hmm. Like they make a lot of jokes about how they're on a TV show, hmm. um, which is to its credit and kind of it works well for that. Hmm. Uh, I watched just because I'd seen adverts for the the sequel miniseries I re-watched uh, The Full Monty alright is that why you watched that well I mean I like The Full Monty the movie anyway it's a very funny kind of 90s British movie I was like yeah so I'm like why do they want to make a miniseries of this what's what well it's a direct sequel it's a it's, yeah I mean it's set like nowadays and it's like the same character it, yeah. it is yeah yeah but it's the same character but it's nothing to do with male stripping it's just about these guys and thank where, god and where they're at now and I thought it was really good like I mean I didn't you know it's it's unnecessary so the miniseries are already out yeah like it's um, the whole thing's out I think it was 9-10 eps and like I just burned right through that I was like man this is really entertaining it kind of brings up a lot of like social issues in Britain uh, you know like mental health mm-hmm. um, at one point it, it talks about ch- ch- attempted child suicide there's a lot of like really kind of like blistering issues that affect people when they're a wee bit old when, when they're a certain age mm-hmm. that they go through which feels at times like you're watching a Ken Loach movie but it's charming <laughs> um, but that's what I would say it's, it's very kind of charming it's funny it's tragic at bits, it's heartbreaking, and I was like, man, we didn't need this, but I'm glad it exists. Mm. The only thing that's weird is Tom Wilkinson's in it, but he does nothing, whereas he was such a... God, I didn't even think he was still alive. Well, he, he, he was... he now, like 900? Uh, it, 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 it sounds it. Um, but yeah, like, he's in the main, he's in the film, and he's one of the main characters. In this, he just sits in a cafe every now and then on a laptop and joins into the conversation, but yeah. Probably because if he moves, he'll break a hit. <laughs> but... Uh, it was, yeah, I was very surprised at how entertained, uh, or sorry, entertaining that series was. So, yeah, it's, it, it might, give it a watch, it'll surprise you. Yeah. No. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right, okay, you stick, Did we to talk about, uh, you stick to watching 10 minute rape scenes. That was that one time? <laughs> it was also harrowing, man. Like, I can't get that Christ. across enough. Jesus. Like, uh, it's horrid. Uh, did we talk about Secret Evasion on the show, or was that just before it? No, we did. We talked about it like on the actual podcast. The actual podcast yeah. Did we? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like before we started recording. No, we talked about it. Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Okay, take it worth it. You compared it to Agents of Shield or something. Oh, you did. Oh, you did. Which is wrong because Agents of Shield was just. I mean, it had its moments, but it was all worse than that. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I mean, I guess that's the show. Join us for our next episode in Christmas. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or possibly later. Yeah, we'll be back at some point. <laughs> <laughs> or will we who knows <laughs> I, I, like, I would like to do these more frequently again as well yeah like, um, we say that all the time we just yeah. lazy yeah, yeah we are just lazy pretty much yeah like even this I one I don't know like, like, now, now that we're kind of coming out of the summer there should be more stuff coming uh, but you've, we've got some good things on the horizon June 2 uh, um, not if the Sag Afra strike goes on for too long oh that's right aye. we are talking about pushing that to 2024 mate oh fuck's sake I've so, enjoyed recording this podcast. I will admit, though, beforehand, I could not be fucked. 
<laughs> I, I actually expected the text. Well, as can, we just, can no? we just know? Uh, yeah. After work, like yeah. the last thing you want to do is just no be sitting in your pants playing video games. There's no other real day we could do it would be a Sunday where you just don't want to sit in your pants right. and play video games. It's true. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. Right, so, I know. Yeah. Tommy sign us off, man. Come up with a catchphrase to end the show. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's it. Stay fresh, cheese sticks. Yeah.